Bad, 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 bad Aaron underscore Scarborough. <laughs> uh, we got a comic in the house, guys. Uh, Kansas City local comic here. He runs the open mic at The Rhino, which is North Kansas City, every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Open mic comedy, you guys. Come check me out. I'm going to be up there working on some stuff. $10 gets you a burger, beer, and fries. And good entertainment. I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, Aaron is really funny. And he's a really talented artist. It was a lot of fun to kind of sit down and just kind of pick his brain. And to learn about his journey of kind of wanting to be, you know, a comic. It takes a special kind of person to actually want to embark on that journey. And he's, uh, he's just the right person for that, I think. Um... Being this, being he is a comic, some things, you know, get said. Don't get offended, people. He has his friend, Brandon Patrick. Brandon Patrick is hilarious. He's been on the show a couple times. You know that. And him and Aaron are very good friends. And when they, when Aaron was on here, he was, you know, talking some trash. Just kind of fun, having fun at Brandon's expense. Guys, don't take any offense to it. These are all just jokes. They're good friends. Um, I think that's about all I want to say. Follow me, NeanderTalkPod, on Instagram, NeanderTalkPodcast.com. We got some good things in the works. Look for uh, cool things happening in the future. Go follow Aaron on social media, bad underscore Aaron underscore Scarborough. And I don't know what more to say. We went over two and a half hours. Good podcast. I think uh, I think I've said that all that I need to say and do here. Everybody, I love you all. Thank you for listening and sharing, and I will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Inno Talk Podcast. We'll no topic is off limits. Now here's your host, my daddy, and Voida Soul. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Boom to what boom. All right, in three, two, one, boom, shalak, boom. Here we go. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry I had to start so late. Normally I'm ready to go rocking and rolling, but. Well. I, uh, I'm just glad to be here in Independence. You're not supposed to tell anybody where uh, I was. I tell people I'm in <clears throat> Kansas City. You say the word Independence, people freak out. They get scared. Mm-hmm. That's the meth capital of the world. That was. Yeah. It's not anymore. Well. Now it's the meth capital of Kansas City, but not anywhere else. I mean, it's it's cleaned up quite nicely. You want me to redo that? <clears throat> no. No. Are you gonna cut? Leave? Okay. We don't edit shit here, baby. This is live. Oh, boy. This is live. Aaron here is a uh, local comedian, and he runs the open mic here at The Rhino Mm -hmm. every Wednesday nights in North Kansas City. I've been sneaking out there. You have. It's been pretty pretty awesome. It's a really cool little gig. You have great potential, Ryan. I've always told you that. (laughs) It's true. That's what my mom always said. Yeah. Just trying to make mama proud. Well, we're very proud of you. Thank you. Daddy. All right.
<laughs> two more hours of this? Yep. Okay. You think we can do it? Well, for what you're paying me, I think <coughs> I think we've got a good shot. You're a pretty cheap guest. Uh, yeah. Car ride and coffee. Yeah, pretty much that and ten thousand dollars. So. Well, better be one hell of a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No. Um. No. And Ryan, I would appreciate it if you weren't so crass with me. I uh, I know that most comedians are okay with that kind of smut. Uh, but, uh, it's low hanging fruit. Yeah, I know. It's low hanging fruit. You're right. I'll, I'll do better. Speaking of low hanging fruit, I did enjoy your set at the mic the other day. <laughs> did you? Yeah, it was good. Well, the one that I just did? Yeah, yeah. Cause you Thanks, know, like, man. you know, a lot of new open micers, they show up and they immediately talk about rape or something like that. And, uh, it was cool to see you go up there and just talk about how high you were. That was, that was really neat. Well, you know. Talk about what you know. Yeah. When you're high on life, baby, right. you just talk about how high on life you really are. Right. Well. Yeah. It, it was a good time. I <clears> wanted <throat> to talk. I, I've wanted to do something I thought it could be. I didn't honestly think it was going to be super funny, but I just want to do something I knew I could be confident with. Yeah. Just to gain some confidence and just get comfortable up there. I'm not a dude that goes on stage and does this thing. Right, right. Um, no, it... Uh, uh, and that's why I put you at the end of the night after 40 other comics. Yeah, um, it's hard to do. Yeah, well, when someone new shows up, we gotta we gotta weed out the the ones who are weak. And uh, if you have the will to wait through uh, 40 comics, mm -hmm. then then you must want to do it. So, you know, keep coming. I will. I appreciate even just getting on there. Like I knew, well, I got I got there and it was packed. Mm -hmm. That was a packed house. Yeah. It was pretty sweet, and I was like, all right, let me go see where my name's up there. I go in, and it's like, whoa, whoa, like 35, 36, 37. <clears throat> there it is. Like, all right, well, I'm going to be waiting a while. Let me yeah. go have a drink, hang out with uh, my my friends that I brought with me. And yeah. Have a burger and fries for $10 and a beer. It's a it's a delightful place, uh, and, you know, it's, it's a place where uh, young talent can develop into uh, – you know, experienced, skilled comics, despite my best efforts to keep them down. So, what is the? I'm brand new to kind of this comedy scene mm -hmm. locally. I, I don't even know how. To, I think I just found it on uh, the Instagram. I just saw that there was an open mic, and yeah, I, and people at work. We've kind of joked about doing this for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Here's one. Here's one. And so I was like, let's go check it out. And so, well, you you <clears throat> happened upon the best one. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a cool place. Um, and, uh, the, uh, I was lucky whenever I, I got into that because I kind of inherited something that was already built. There's already great community there. It's a great room and, uh, there's just a, a consistent audience of people who want to laugh every Wednesday who just right. show up. So my job's easy. It's free comedy. It is free comedy, yeah. You know, it's it's you get what you pay for. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. I've never done this. I've never gone to open mic before. It's it's really fun. It is. Uh, it's something else, and just the range of people that you see show up to a thing like that. I will, is just there's nothing it's like. An, it. Yeah, it's really cool. It is just such an eclectic group of individuals. I mean, from old old older people than you know people who are. You might look at it and be like, "Wow, you're a little, you're awfully old." I didn't expect a uh, sixty-something year old to be up here 
with well, suspenders to uh, a 21 year old or 19 year old or whatever the youngest mm-hmm. person is it's it's everything right um yeah it's uh it's pretty cool in that sense um there are a, a lot of elderly people who who like get into comedy after they're retired and uh you know that's interesting i uh yeah. i appreciate i don't want them to feel like they're taking up space in this scene uh you know i would never want them to feel uh like they're not welcome you know because uh them deciding to get into it at this age you know it's not preventing me from getting stage time and i i just want them to know if they're listening to this that i'm very happy that they're there okay read between the lines everybody there's nothing to read into this everything that i say i mean i know me too i like it what are, so what 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 do you do you see something consistent with the retired new open micer um like do do you have hope for do you ever have hope for any of them or do any of them do more than a couple times like what's what do you see with these people i you know to be honest i they're all pretty delightful people no i oh, no 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 <laughs> i i agree yeah. i mean they're they're super happy they're retired mm-hmm. right right so but, and i'm not asking you to badmouth them or say anything bad i'm just saying like but there has to be some kind of like consistency you think like do you ever see them do it a lot? Like it's the same person, like come back and do it and, and improve and yeah. get better? Oh, absolutely. Or, um, or is it a lot of like <clears throat> two and dones? Like it's <clears throat> it's interesting because like when because uh, I'm you know I'm still an open mic at this point, uh, and so it, you know every time there's a new club or there's a new room, like based on the geography of uh kansas city wherever that mic pops up there it seems like there's always new elderly folks that really find out about it and you know decide to pursue their lifelong dream now there are there are actually some uh some pretty hilarious uh old comics in kansas city um uh and you know some of them some of them are very supportive like they'll they'll like write down uh, a joke they liked from your set and message you later on. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, they they creep into the DMs. That's cool. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, how long you been doing comedy? You say you're just an open micer. Yeah, I've been doing it for two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. How'd you get started? Um. So it's real cringy. I uh, <clears throat> I had a friend coming to town. Uh, and it, it just like with anyone, like you know, like we'd always talked about uh, doing comedy and stuff like that. And I, I just decided to rip the bandaid off and show up to an open mic. Um, and much like you, I went up. You know, I was actually it was when Arts Bar in Kansas City was still uh, operating. Uh, I showed up and they put me up like sixtieth on the list. Now, a lot of people left, so right. I didn't end up going 60th, but it was a three-hour wait before I got to go up. Um, but, yeah. And you did it. Yeah. How'd it go? Um, so I thought it was, you know, I had brought, like, 20 people. So, um, wow. And, you know, I didn't... I had never been to an open mic, or I had been to, you know, stand-up shows before, but... Um, I, uh, 
I had essentially brought the whole audience and uh, they um, they gave me a lot of laughs and I thought like I am a genius <laughs> and uh, this is so cool that I just did this one time and I skipped the whole bombing process because I'm so good nice and um, yeah and then had to learn uh, very quickly afterwards that uh, it's not always like that so once you once you go without your friends mm-hmm <clears throat> What um, so then, did you just get the bug right away and just start going every open mic you could find, or like what's what's been your kind of comedy path right now? So uh, after I did my first mic, I found another mic to go to like a month later. I waited a whole month, and uh, I started going to that one. And there used to be, they used to do open mic at that little bar that's attached to the Midland. Um, it's called the Indy on Main. Oh yeah, and so That's a we cool would, spot. yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it was a terrible room for comedy, uh, because you're there's no stage. There was just awkwardly a mic and a guitar amp, you know, <laughs> in the corner of the room, and so you'd be performing at people who are waiting in line to go see real musicians. Uh, that sounds horrible. Yeah, it that was. That sounds awful. <clears throat> well, yeah. So, you know, I, I would go there and just it was as if I wasn't even there, you know. <clears throat> and uh, that's that is funny because, like, you know, having a room full of friends who came to see you is like on the extreme easy side of the spectrum, whereas you know, that is actually too hard to, like, learn anything about stand-up when, you know, you're just performing to people who would really, you rather not be there. But eventually, like, um, I think performing in that kind of setting, like, if I could go back to that mic, I would love to do that now because I, like, I, I get a huge rush out of, uh, you know, just doing comedy to people who don't want me to be doing comedy at them. Trying not to bomb. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that because you can't just go up and do your material. You have to like actually make something happen. And like that crowd work or something. You gotta yeah. Just, okay, yeah. You yeah. got to do, you have to be present. You know, yeah. Uh, you can't, um, you know, you can't fuck around with long stories and stuff like that. Uh, you have to make something happen. And it's like, you know, that's uh, the people like the comics that I know that I like. They're people who, uh, you know, I I never have any doubt, even if they go into like a hard situation like that, they're going to get people to listen to them one way or another and make something happen out of it. Are you Going up at a comedy club is too easy. OK, like, <laughs> you know. Are you talking local comics that you like, or comic, or just comics in general? Um, yeah, I mean, like there is some local people that that are great with that type of thing. Um, uh, I I remember like a few years ago when I was going to that one at the Midland, the Indian Main. Mm-hmm. I remember actually uh, there being, uh, and this guy has since moved to Denver, but. Um, my friend Jeff Nelson, I remember seeing him for the first time and, you know, he went up after like 13 or 14 comics at that mic and everyone had just, you know, uh, uh, choked terribly. And I just remember him coming in and just being extremely top, you know, topical and just, you know, touching everyone in the room 
uh, with something, and uh, I just remember at that level just being like, just completely shocked. And then there's there's another comic that like, like I fully expect him to be uh, like a a household name, um, you know, soon. Uh, and he's someone that anyone in the in comedy like knows and respects. Um, uh, but uh, his name's Sam Talent from Denver, and it. I mean, if you mention that to any comic around here, they'll just they're you know uh, he has the most respect. But I I've seen him just the times I've seen him perform, he just completely commands the room, uh, and he makes you scared to you know. Uh, move a muscle basically really? because yeah he's just he's so interactive and nice. so quick-witted cool. uh and uh yeah that's the kind of comedy <clears throat> i like but shout out to sam talent sam talent what is, a great uh, name is that his is, real name uh as far as i know yeah <laughs> um but uh well speaking of like what you're touching on kind of crowd work if you will Mm-hmm. You cracked my shit up the other night, man. Mm-hmm. You were hilarious. What? You were hilarious. I was laughing. Really, dude. That was that was the crowd work you were doing was like it was phenomenal with a lady getting up or you're an active crowd. It was just yeah. I don't know, man. You were on fire. It was. I was. I was cracking up. Yeah, that was well, awesome. I, I appreciate that. <coughs> I don't get. <clears throat> so like the crowd work stuff that I do like a lot of it is like I try to make it seem like it's you know in the moment but a lot of it is stuff that I figured out because I for like a year and a half I uh I was doing and I still like occasionally do this show but there's a show on a bus that I do show um, on a bus yeah so it's through a city bus or case something? so <laughs> no uh that would be that would be pretty punk rock but there's a show, uh, oh, well, there's there's a company called KC Beer Tour. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, and basically, like, a year and a half ago, uh, before I had anything going at all, um, this, uh, the guy who owned it, um, or, and still owns it, uh, asked me if, if, uh, I would, you know, start doing this, this comedy version of their, their bus show, and, uh, um, yeah, basically this this tour goes to the different breweries and uh the one that uh that he books uh you know me and my friend Tristan on uh they get a comedy show on the bus oh. in between the breweries. Um that's cool. What a great idea. In theory, yeah. In theory, okay. Go on. S- well, <laughs> I you know, people like people pay a lot of money to like to go on that and there are you know free drinks and stuff involved but i just remember you know the first many times of doing that and we did it like twice to three times per month for a while um but i remember just thinking like being so disappointed with myself because like i would bomb terribly um you know because i was just trying to do my my material on the bus you know and it like that's another like comedy hard mode situation where like you have to absolutely like you can't just do your material you have to make something happen you have to be very quick so most of the like if you ever see me do crowd work like that like Mm -hmm. that's those are lines that i came up with on the bus by just dealing with drunk people who didn't really want to listen to me did they know they were getting involved with a comedy tour bus 
or, or um, yeah, yeah, of course. So they knew they were signed up for comedy. They do, but people like it, there's a lot of like on that show. There's like a lot of bachelor and bachelorette parties and stuff like that. Where really, like, I mean, they might have been like, "Oh, we kind of like comedy. We'll do that tour." But that's not what they're there but, for. No, they're they're there to get fucked up and scream. It's yeah. my night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I but, figured I figured you kind of had things ready to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, you made it look like it made it look so like on the fly, like you had no idea what you know what I mean. You right. made it look; it was phenomenal. I appreciate that. Um, but that's like I said, like that's that's the kind of thing where like the you you don't get that by just like sitting at home and writing. You you get that by performing the shittiest gigs you possibly can. You know? Yeah. It's like. The 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 shittier the better. What's the shittiest gig right now in Kansas City? <clears throat> Ooh, <laughs> uh, what <laughs> whatever I performed on recently. Um, you don't have to answer that if that's a bad question, but I like the question. You, well, <laughs> 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 that's fine, Ryan. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna name names, but uh, you know, like. There's, <laughs> and it's not. I'm not saying this as a bad thing, but like right. a place to get some chops, to mm-hmm. earn your chops, earn right. them laughs. Where's like <laughs> the hardest place to get laughs right now? Ugh. It really depends on the night. Like if you're talking about, uh, you know, open mics. <clears throat> hmm. I think like any any bar show, like there's still you know you need some places water? that. no there there's still places where you're you know you're on the same level as the audience and like they're turned away from you like you know that would be ridiculous pizza places where you can and it's uh, like i love going to that type of thing don't get me wrong i love it um it's experience i mean yeah yeah uh but i don't know it's just some people some people uh, tend to like only go out when like it's gonna be good, and like I, 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 I can't live that way. You're right saying, now. <laughs> yeah. There's, if I if I only went out when the it's gonna be good and you're getting paid for it and it's like you know a good audience, then y- you know you'd be performing once a week. When you're talking about these people that won't do that, how long have they been in comedy? Um, I mean it. It kind of depends. Like that's usually like a, like a more experienced person, right? I don't know. I'm gonna come off as self righteous if we go. No, down but this I, road. I no, I like this because I <clears throat> think you're doing it right. I think. Yeah. I think if they've been doing it for five, six, seven years, they should still be out there. If you're local, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you be out crafting your craft? Yeah. You're not gonna get better just doing it at the good places. Yeah. You have to hone it, and I mean. It's, Five six years that doesn't seem like that's long in the comedy game. That's still brand new. Yeah, two and a half years that to me seems like an absolute baby. Yeah, I I am a baby. I'm. I wouldn't imagine. I don't know. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I'm sure you've come a long way, but I'm sure you're like I still have a long way to go, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I I fully intend to be you know for the next decade or so still doing shitty shows like, like I I don't know I it's. You have to do stuff like that if you want to get better. 
the only way to get better is to do that is mm-hmm. to perform with yeah. comedy comedy's like that you know you can practice a guitar all day in your room and you're gonna get better mm-hmm. but you don't know if you're getting better at comedy if you're not performing it yeah yeah and it's i mean <clears throat> you have to know what's working you have to know if this is gonna get a laugh or not right that goes both ways though like um because a lot of comics uh uh, myself included, are much more likely, and it is more valuable, stage time is more valuable in the long run, but a lot of comics, like, are, and like I said, myself included, very lazy with writing, too. Like, it's the hardest thing in the world to just sit down and, like, clean up your your jokes and uh, make it better material or write down new material, um, but that has a lot of value, too. Do you make yourself write? I do. Um, I, I, I won't just like ever just sit there and try to think up a joke out of nowhere because that's like, I think that's that like shines through. You know, it's mm-hmm. not as like organic if you do it that way. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like, if I already have a concept in my head, uh, a premise, like I, I will make myself if I think it's going to be good enough, like actually write it down. Cause whenever you write it down, new stuff like pops up at you and you know, you get more economical with your words, you know? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. I didn't know if, I know some people just force themselves to write, even if it's not joke, a joke, mm-hmm. just force themselves to write anything. Like just sit down and like, I'm going to spend 15 minutes with a pad and a pen and just start writing. Right. Well, I know, like, um, it it depends on the person for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I like one of my friends, uh, uh, my my other friend Ryan, Ryan Tricky. We're uh, friends now. Oh, really? Wait. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. I, <laughs> no, I thought you were assuming we were friends. I was like, I, I, I thought did, you were saying my other friend Ryan. I, I thought did, you were talking was... about me, and I was like, oh, we're friends now. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, I did that the other day because I like I'm seeing someone new right now and uh, Ooh, I did that the other day yeah well <laughs> this is after you know three or whatever years of being single and uh, the other day I did that where like I had I had to make a snap decision like when I was introducing her to someone oh. like like am I gonna skirt around this or am I gonna be like but yeah I wound up being like this is my girlfriend. Um, that's what that reminded me of, but, but no, like my, my buddy Ryan, uh, he, uh, you know, we talk about uh, joke writing and our material a lot and he's, um, he comes off whenever he performs, he comes off as very like articulate and well-written and stuff like that. But he's been doing comedy for a lot longer than I have. And I think that over time, what most people get good at is like putting their ideas into words. Uh, and they don't necessarily have to write it down ever. Um, I know a lot of his, his bits are just completely in his head. He's never written them down. Um, but, uh, hopefully that's a level that I'll get to someday. Most of your stuff's written down. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's usually written down somewhere. If something comes to you, like an idea, do you like all of a sudden I have to write this down right now? Oh dude. Yeah. Like it, my I've been iPhone. Doing that lately. That's what I've been doing yep. lately. I came with something in the shower today and I haven't written it down yet because I think I'm going to remember it, but I know I'm going to forget. Right. When I'm done with this, I have to. 
Dude, and you know, like the the heinous thoughts that like sometimes that you write down, like you know how people talk about if I ever die, like like I have a safe with all my pornography or whatever, like. I'm that way with my notepad. Like that must be destroyed. <laughs> like, <laughs> is that for like, your eyes yeah, only? For my yeah, it, for my reputation and the reputation of my family. Right, right, and right, America. Right. Like I need that to be destroyed. I can't believe you're putting that out there. No, well, I mean, because now it's going to be a <clears throat> game for somebody. Somebody might hear this and be like, "I've got to give. I've got to find Aaron's secret diary with all this joke shit. I've got to find well, this shit." You never know, like, I'm sure that... Uh, you need to carry that, like, on a briefcase, <clears throat> handcuffed to your wrist at all times if you're right. worried about it. Well, let's hope that uh, <laughs> you don't have any lunatics in your 34 listeners. Um, but... Uh, He's pretty crazy. <coughs> what do you think I keep him around for? <laughs> you call him a listener? <laughs> no, a crazy person. <laughs> oh. Okay. And he's listening right now. Right. Uh, I guess so. Hey, hit hit that button underneath the table that locks this door. <laughs> <laughs> that would not come as a surprise at all in here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm going to take that as the sweetest compliment I've had in a while. Well, I mean, like, I, I'm very impressed with the setup you have in here. It looks looks great. Thank you. Um, cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. I love, this is going to sound silly. I love getting complimented on it. Well, because I've worked hard on this. Yeah, so well, it's nice to get complimented, you know. Yeah, um, you're also handsome. Thanks. Um, Not so bad yourself. Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, you look my, like a shorter, <clears throat> younger uh, Conan O'Brien. You know, I've heard that before. I'm sure, he's aged more gracefully than I have. Uh, I'm 28, and you know, I, I'm. You look younger than me, I think. But if I shaved, I I probably might. Yeah, I'm a fresh-faced cutie underneath this big old beard. I know, I know. When I, <laughs> <laughs> whenever I I, cause I, you know, I put off everything until today, you know, and I had a reminder that we were doing this today, and I looked you up on, on uh, on Facebook, and uh, I don't know. And it, it came as a shock because, like, your Facebook—it's just like the picture from the podcast, and then I don't it, use my Facebook. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't really. Yeah. Fuck with that. I got you. It's like, like you know, Ryan, uh, you know, uh, on Facebook, it's like your name, and then it just says divorced under there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I Perfect. Works works at divorced. <laughs> I do work at it. Yeah. As a matter of fact. Yeah. As a matter of fact. But uh <clears throat> no, that's that's a great is that the the premise for your podcast? Just Ryan divorced. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. <laughs> I I've just you just gave me a uh, a t-shirt idea. Right, right. You know talk podcast <clears throat> divorced. <laughs> Get them now for 19.99. Right. I uh no, I like that. I had something good. I had something good. Are you talking about in the conversation or in your marriage? <laughs> yeah, both. I had something okay. good with my marriage. Yeah. Okay. I do joke about it. I mean, I opened up with it the right. other night. I just made that one up. But, but yeah, I can tell. I've got some jokes about it because it's relatable. Mm -hmm. Everybody, a lot of people go through divorce. Right. And I don't know. I'm 
Yeah, I've got some ideas. I've kicked around to joke around with some divorce material. Well, I I like you know stuff about that. There's a comic that I saw do like he was a feature when Mark Norman was in town, <clears throat> and uh, I got to hang out uh, you know at the the club while they were there. They were at the Improv, and uh, Cliff Cash he did like a lot of his set. Uh, you know, he did like a thirty minute feature set, and uh, a lot of his set was about divorce stuff and. I would so much rather hear that than hear people talk about their fucking dad shit. I'm so tired about their dad shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm so uh, I'm so tired of that like Louis C.K. model, like of just like talking about you know how your kids are assholes or whatever. Oh, it's I annoying. see. I see. Uh, it's just beat to death at this point, and I'm, I'm tired. You're probably not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to say about my kids. They're great, but I'm sure I could say something. Don't. Just Good, thanks. Go into the divorce stuff. That's an angle I want you to pursue. Okay. <laughs> I will, if you're being serious. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to come up here Wednesday. Okay. I'm going to wait for 37 people, mm-hmm. and I'm going to s- talk about Three, four, five minutes, however much I can do on some divorce stuff. Yeah. Boom. That's that's the kind of material that I want to see from you. You got it. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Yeah. That gives me something to focus on. I'm brand new at this. I wanna I wanna keep going. I got Wednesday, I got nothing better to do Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in doing this. It's fun. Yeah. I don't know. Why not? Why not? Why not? You'll meet so new people. Yeah. Um, I need to get out more. Yeah. And I think I can come up with a few minutes of some divorced stuff. Yeah. Everybody out there that's listening, come on uh, out and watch me in a few months. Not next week. Right. Let me get... Whenever this this airs. Uh, this will be next week or something. I got you. Next Monday. Okay. <clears throat> next Monday. So where where is like... I would say where's the best place to do comedy right now, but I'm going to say it's probably the Rhino, but that's the only place I've seen. I've heard of this other place called... Barrel of the Bottoms. Bottoms. Yeah. Barrel of the Barrel Bottoms. Barrel of the Bottoms is a that's a <clears throat> podcast studio um that is is uh you know, ran by um my friend Steven Taylor, who is a hilarious comic. Uh and uh yeah, it's they they do stand up shows, uh and it's located in the West Bottoms. It's a really cool place. I've been meaning to check that place out. Yeah. It looks cool. I mean, I just want to check it out. I never, I didn't, I heard about them through some previous guests. They were saying, oh yeah, well, there's this podcast studio we use. I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a Kansas mm-hmm. City podcast studio. Yeah. And so I kind of checked it out and that's kind of all I knew. I just wanted to go and check out what their podcast studio looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I want to infiltrate. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool place. They also host a, like a weekly open mic that's fun. It's like it's stand up, but it's improvised stand up. So when you're on stage, you get uh, there's a bucket that has scraps of paper that that say things on them, and there's no pre written material. You just you have to draw a uh, maximum of three. You don't have to draw three, um, but you get five minutes, and you have to riff on whatever you draw. So it's that's a a pretty cool exercise too. I was gonna say that sounds kind of hard. <clears throat> yeah. It is hard. And a good way to develop. Yeah. 
it it is hard um when is that so that's every tuesday night um at barrel of the bottoms uh and it's called comedy nut comedy nut Mm -hmm. is that free or does that cost money it's free wow yeah all this free comedy so kansas city's got a pretty good comedy scene or what's our comedy scene like here it's uh i think it's i think it's good i kind of live in a vacuum a little bit because i don't have a car so i even like road gigs that i get it's usually because one of my friends is already like going and they need a host or or whatever uh so when i do get to go it's usually not on my own merits but um is from what i know uh like we are we are getting better st louis has a surprisingly good comedy scene oh yeah yes um that's not too far no no it's not uh but i i've made some friends over there rafe williams who's hilarious and i've booked him on on uh our show at the rhino um as well as bobby j cox uh and then um libby higgins and uh, uh tina dieball um like those people uh they do a great job of they all you know kind of produce shows there um they're all very professional about it and uh they do they're just very good at being um consistent with having good shows like it takes a it takes some effort like to get a consistent audience if you're doing like indie comedy uh in the midwest around you know around here i think probably anywhere but is that what this would be called is indie comedy yeah like pretty much anything that takes place uh not at a comedy club okay um uh is is independent comedy and um yeah sorry i thought i was going somewhere with that but i wasn't it's all right it happens Mm -hmm. coffee will get to you well yeah this is good coffee by the way thank you sir it's all about how you make it you can take uh you can kill the rest of it okay kill the rest of that if you want i can make more if you want we can take a break and i can make more if you want um you just let me know um but it's all about how you prepare a lot of times you don't have to have the best beans in the world to make good coffee. Uh-oh. Oh. I s- <sighs> Is there uh Oh boy. Things Sorry. behind you there, Charlie? Any kind of paper towels? Sometimes I have some around. Well, it's all right. You can just leave it. Are you going to Let me. You want to pause this and uh go get let me clean this up? Cuz I don't know where my paper towels are. Yeah, we'll be right back, people. We had a party foul. (laughs) Hitting start streaming now. And we're back from the coffee spill. I'm sorry. Talking. I told you it was my fault. I should have poured it. A good host would have poured it for you. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'm about average. Everything. As a a host or Mm. just everything? Everything. Yeah. The world, you know... There's something to be said about being mediocre, Ryan. Right? I would know. <laughs> You're more mediocre than me. Um, <clears throat> It depends on what we're looking at. Yeah. How old are you? <clears throat> 40. You're 40 years old. I just turned 40. Right. 
And it's brutal. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be. I'm about to turn 29. Okay. Um, Getting close to 30. Right. Do you have any advice for me? Like if you could go back hmm. to uh, my age. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. What are you doing right now for work? Like do you? Um. So I am a sales rep for a, uh, a like I'm basically a telemarketer. Do you have a, so you have a lot of time to work on your comedy? <sighs> um, <clears throat> no, like not enough. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be working if I didn't have to at this point. Um, right. But, uh, but you have enough. I I'm, need money. Yeah. Right. Right. But there are hours in the day that you can focus on comedy. Yeah. You, yeah. Do, do you do that a lot? Absolutely. Um, is I your, go ahead. Is your goal to be a comic? Like you sort of said, like in 10 years, do you want to be headlining shit? Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's your goal. Like you're, you're taking this. Do you want to take this serious? Like that is like, that's, Absolutely. that's what I want. That's what I do. That's what I'm going to be. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Well, you're doing your, the advice is just keep hammering it and, and sacrifice. <laughs> you want real advice? Sure. Real advice sucks, yeah. man. Real advice sucks. Okay, go on. And this is coming. Uh, real advice sucks. Uh, and this is take it for what it is. Sacrifice. If that's what you want, you have to sacrifice shit now for the future. Mm-hmm. And it's a sacrifice for a reason. You have to sacrifice, I mean, relationships. Mm-hmm. You just have to sacrifice friendships a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to figure out who is always, always going to be in your corner, no matter what. You have to have a good core of one to two people people like that mm-hmm. preferably males for you yeah you know, females for females yeah so as you can always confide you know just to have a person or two you can confide in and stay focused and driven spend all of your time working everything you can to hone your craft and your skill and to do and just that's what your life is I'm a comic when you tell people I'm a comic I'm a comic because when I'm not at my day job Mm -hmm. i'm eating sleeping sacrificing everything like right you know you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in a relation you know i'm not telling you to get out of your relationship you have now but Mm there will be a point where she's gonna want more Mm -hmm. i want kids i want to get married i'm not making that much money right now i guess i need to get a job a jobby job oh shit Mm -hmm. i got a kid on the way Shit, now I need insurance. I need to, you know what? The comedy starts drifting away because mm-hmm. you got yourself into this situation and your and your, your, your lifelong dream is is gone. What right. you first, what you're thirsty as fuck for right now, mm-hmm. that's what you in 10 years you want to call yourself a headliner, a comic, you want a Netflix mm-hmm. special? Mm-hmm. You fucking, you got to be like, you can't take the risk of having a family. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you can't knock someone <clears throat> up. Right. Because then a lot of people are going to get, I mean, and you could be, you could say, you you could be a deadbeat and say, Mm -hmm. screw all that and then still do it. But I don't know. That's not the way I would, that would be not be the advice I would give. Sure. Um, So my advice is to sacrifice everything, including relationships. I mean, men have needs. Get yourself a Tinder and a Bumble profile. Find uh-huh. chicks to date for. Let me <laughs> let me tell you a little secret. I love giving younger people my stupid advice. Okay. 
Ah, fuck. People are going to listen to this. <laughs> There's a sweet spot for a relationship. Uh-huh. That first three to four months, it's like that's when shit's heavy. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, you're holding hands, you're hugging. Mm-hmm. This sex is intense and good. Oh, I love you. I love you too. You're texting all that. Like, it's real. It's like, but then there's a spot where it's not, it starts to, then you have to start like, oh shit, it's been four months with some hot, hot, heavy, fun, fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But she's going to want to get more serious. Right. And then you have to, I don't know, man, four, four months is a good time for a relationship. And then cut it off after four months. <laughs> and then move on. Well, if that's what you want. Right, right. Or just stay single. And I don't know. There's, hey, Jesus, that boy, I just put, hey. I do think, you know, I think about stuff like that, uh, of course. Um, I, I want to think that I'm pretty good at compartmentalizing and just keeping... You know, I know that at some point, like, there's going to be conflicts and stuff like that. Uh, but, like, with my current relationship that I'm in, uh, I think that, um, I think I've, I want to believe that I've been pretty transparent about um, how I like to spend my time and, you know, what I'm doing. Uh, <clears throat> and I think that that's kind of, um, that's kind of, my appeal to the person I'm in a relationship with right now. So that's cool. But I, I get what you're saying. Like, like, um, cause I, I have encountered this like this year, you know, I've, I've kind of opened myself up to the idea of a relationship and, uh, it gets lonely. It sounds it, tempting. It, it sounds does. sexy. It's nice. Oh, it's cuffing season. I'd like to have yeah. someone to hang out with when it's cold. I, I get lonely. I want to have sex. I want, I enjoy p- going on dates and spending right. time, enjoy watching a movie with somebody and just yeah. hanging out. It's nice. The, well, I get Ryan, it. Ryan, the problem though, I get it, is that when, like, when you're at my level, <clears throat> um, which is this weird, awkward, like, like I'm doing a lot of, like, open mics and free shows and shit like that. You know, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm trying. Right. Uh, and I'm just trying to get better and better. Um, uh, but, and I'm not doing it as, like, that's not where my income is coming from. Not yet. Um, so, you know, if you look at that objectively to a person, like a girl that's my age, like, objectively to them, that's, like, that's a loser. That's not a comedian. That's just like a loser. Right. You know? Right. That's why you can't have um, that. Right yeah. Now. That's why you got to focus on. I've encountered on... that a few times of course you have. this year. Yeah, of like, course you have. You Women, know, it, that... it's just like, I know, I yeah. know it's like cringy. Women want and... now. They're not going to look down the future. They're not, they're yeah. not, they, <clears throat> they need security and stuff right now. Yeah. It's just like, I, no, I, I, you have a valid argument that I'm a loser, but you know, I might for not now. be something. For now. Yeah. You don't always have to be a loser. <clears throat> yeah. You I don't know how to win. You don't know how to win if you don't lose. Mm-hmm. Well. You really, I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe that 100%. Like, if you can, sa- if you sacrifice that kind of shit, man, it's, it, you're not getting paid now like mm-hmm. you would, but you will. That's your, that's, yeah. that's part of the sacrifice too. You're sacrificing money for right now. And you're saying, oh, the people my age right now look at you like a loser. Those chicks that are 26, 27, 28 look at you like a loser. Uh-huh. Well, in 10 years, when you're, let's say, 40. Yeah. And you're balling out of control. Mm-hmm. Guess what? When you're 40, you're going back to these 
now yeah. that are 27, 28 year olds and saying, hey, guess what? <clears throat> I'm not a loser. Right. That 28 year old open micer, he's the loser. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. And then so you find yourself, you don't find it to yourself a 28 year old right now. Right. You find it later. Right. That's more of my advice to you. Sure. That's the sacrifice. You're sacrificing it now. But when you're 40, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Another. <laughs> when you're 40, yeah. it's nice to, uh, you know, be with somebody that's younger than 40. Right. Well. As a man. Yes. We gracefully age. For the most part. Yeah, I have not. Women know that, oh my God, I'm getting canceled. I've tried (laughs) to cancel so many people that I've had on here. Yeah. And I've just canceled myself this episode. (laughs) Well, yeah. If you do, that's that's kind of a silver lining because it means someone's listening. Um, There's a couple people. mm Mm-hmm. There's a couple. Yeah. Not anymore. Not anymore. I can help you with the canceling process. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's get you canceled. I too. have trouble getting people to listen to anything my name is attached to, but if I tell them that there's the prospect of of uh, ruining someone's career, uh, they might tune in. Yes, I, like <clears throat> I can help. I'm here to help. Uh, I think we were kind of talking about. Um, the comedy scene here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, St. Louis is pretty good. How would you describe our, our the Kansas City comedy scene? Like, what's like how many pretty good comics, regular kind of good comics, or competent comics, uh-huh. if you will, are oh, are performing around here often that you can see? Like outside, like out outside of even open mics. Like, how many comedy uh, clubs do we have? So, um. As of right now, there is the uh, improv, um, like the, the one, improv right? comedy club. Yep, that <clears> would um, that be at the top of the chain. Uh, there's the comedy club of Kansas City, uh, which, as far as I know, is doing fine. Um, and I, I I like performing there. I feel like I drove by that somewhere. Where is that? Where is it's that? like a hundred and third and State Line. Yeah, I was just out that way recently. Yeah. Um, that's that's a that's an awesome club. I've uh, I've not really been able to. I, I I want to get more involved with that club. At, at this point, I like the owner. Like I'll message him, and he'll like to get a guest spot on a weekend, and he'll do that, which I I super appreciate. Um, uh, and then there's um, Clint's Comedy Stop, uh, in Overland Park. I like that a lot. Um, it's just like an intimate little fifty seater. Oh, cool. Um, uh, room uh and then uh, of course there's like um like actual improv comedy places that you know comedy schools or whatever where they teach improv and do shows there's like the KC improv company um in Westport uh uh and then there's the improv shop um on Broadway I believe it is it's like right above mini bar uh and then there's bars that um, produce a lot of comedy shows, like the Mockingbird Lounge is great. Uh, the Rhino, obviously, mm-hmm. that's a great venue. Um, and then, you know, just a handful of other places. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. It's really, there's quite a nice little scene. There is, yeah. Um, there's a lot going on, and uh, I think the internet has helped indie comedy you know exists sure um because you know someone like me who's not like 
I don't have money to be advertising, you know, uh, however, you know, with commercials or billboards or anything like that, but I am able to run a consistent, you know, good show at a venue through Eventbrite sales and stuff like that. Getting yeah. your name out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does the Kansas City comedy scene, are you a name most people know and recognize? I, I would say, like, yeah, like the the comics, right. for sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What are, like, how many, is there, like, what? how big do you think the group is of those kind of comic, like, consistent good comics, like, that are going to the open mics and maybe being on some of these other yeah. clubs? Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's, huh, there's, uh, there's enough of a pool to where, um, you know, it, in in theory, like pe- showrunners and clubs can have local uh, support if they need someone to fill in or whatever. There's enough people um, to do that uh, without you know a ton of you know they're there every week types of uh, you know things. I I mean like the Kansas City comedians like Facebook group um, is. I think like 600 members or whatever, but that's, that's people who actually perform regularly. There's people that quit years ago mm-hmm. that are on there. Right. There's like how out many of active town people. Users are there? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say that there's, there's man, that's tough. There's probably a core group of at least like, like 30 people who, you know, are working at it. On and stuff. Wanda. Yeah. Yeah, this is what grinding. I want to do. Mm-hmm. Grinding. Yeah. Nice. What uh? What kind of? All right. It's my turn to get some uh, advice from you. What would you tell somebody that wants to get into comedy locally here? To uh, where to start? How to start? Like what? What kind of advice would you give them? And to like, maybe what kind of expectation to start trying to feature at one of these clubs? Or, or yeah, is that what it is? Fe- try to feature. Well, yeah, fe- I mean, featuring is a an honor that <laughs> uh, takes years to like. Well, there's some, a, okay, at so an actual someone, comedy club, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a bookable feature, you know, for the most part right now. Um, I get to feature every once in a while, like Clint's Comedy Stop, mm-hmm. which is a, a small room. I'm super glad I get to do that, but um, I would say. Uh, just go to every mic you can. It's gonna suck, and you're gonna end up like going late in the night, and when there's no one there and stuff like that. But, um, it's the kind of thing where you don't realize how much progress you're making, uh, right off the bat. Um, but if you put yourself into those hard, awkward, you know, uh, um, uh, situations, like you will get a lot better. Also, like, don't be like me. <laughs> like when I started, and I, I still to this day, I don't, I don't know if I needed it, uh, and it was a good thing because it, it got me through my first year. Um, but I, sometimes the line, uh, gets, um, gets pretty blurry, uh, of like whether or not you're going to an open mic to perform because there's booze there and it's just a a night to go drink and hang out with your friends and perform uh or if you're actually going out because you want to work on stuff and get better at comedy so i would just just make a distinction between the two early on like 
Um, there's a difference between people who go to a mic to like work on new material and people who are just basically taking up a slot on there just, you know, in the middle of the party that they're having <laughs> on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of an important thing to you. And, and as yeah. it should be. Yeah. Why waste people's time? We want to come here. We're taking this serious. This isn't. Yeah. But I, I see it from the other aspect too. Like, Hey. I want to just be on a stage and see what it's like, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, you can see those, you can see both sides, right? Like the person mm-hmm. that does just want to have a couple drinks and get up on a stage and he can make his friends laugh and he wants yeah. to see if he can make, but. Well, you can do that, but it's like, I don't know. There's just a clear difference. Like someone who's taking it serious or who wants to. Yeah. Like someone just dicking around and wasting yeah. time. Right. Right. Oh um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I was the worst. I used to get, you know, really drunk at at open mics and shows and stuff like that. And that's time I can't get back. But uh there is part of me that thinks that that got me through the first, you know, year of it or whatever. Like I don't know that I if if there wasn't the appeal of of uh alcohol um, and also just the mere fact that it, it did like calm my nerves and stuff. Uh, I don't know if I would have continued with it without it, but at this point, because I have decided like I am going to do comedy, like I, it's a just, it, it was a no brainer when I quit drinking. It, Look at you that. Know. You've already got it in you. Yeah. You already got that <clears throat> sacrifice in you. you quit, you quit that to realize what you need to do. Yeah. Well, I had like, you know, I had a little bit of a, I, when I was, I, I would have been 27 this time last year whenever I quit drinking, but yeah, I just, I thought like, dude, like there's people that have been doing this, you know, for 10 years at my age that still haven't made it. Like, I don't have time to like, I don't have time to have hangovers uh, and I don't have time to just like, I have bad self-control. I don't have time to, you know, waste uh, on alcohol or money. Like, right, right. Money's important <clears throat> at this level too. Like, like that's why. Like, I want to produce shows and stuff like that. I need, you know, I need actual money right now, and uh, <laughs> like, I just I can't afford to to be drinking. Like, mm-hmm. so I I had to I had to do something. I had to quit. Wow. How did you quit? How did I quit? Yeah, how did you quit? <clears throat> I mean, like um, how hard were you how hard were you going? Um, I would say like uh most days of the week I had drank enough like during the day to be hungover, you know? Mm-hmm. Like so I I mean, I would have like bare minimum like, you know, probably like five drinks a night. You know, okay. uh, or and on the weekends, like I would like really get messed up uh, and be like, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time hungover and puking and stuff all the time. But so, yeah. So <clears throat> how, do, how do you go from that to like, how did you quit? Like make you made the decision. Hey, <clears throat> I, I need to quit. Yeah. Was it just instantly? I, I Like what what was the trigger that said, hey, I, I, I need to quit? Um, so. Uh, I had, uh, you know, at that time I had accrued enough, like the, there's part of it, 
Part of me wanting to quit was because I said and did stupid things when I was drunk all sure. the time. Sure. You know? You don't uh, say. And I had accrued a lot of uh, <clears throat> regrets in the past, you know, uh, almost decade. Um, and uh, so there, there was that aspect to it. And I just eventually I was like, nope, can't I can't do that. Um, but then also there was the aspect of like, I need to be more productive with my days. Like I, I need to write and I mm. need to be working on stuff. Um, <clears throat> and so I didn't, I didn't go to like a 12 step program or anything like that. Um, it was more of, it, it was more of just like, uh, telling my friends that helped a lot. I was just like, listen, uh, I know this is out of character, but I I'm not going to drink ever again, and ever again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, for the most part, my my buddies have been really cool about it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, there's something to be said for that built-in shame, like you know, just having your friends around watching you and knowing like, accountability. Yeah, yeah. Because right. my friends are savages. <clears throat> You know they, they uh, they don't ever keep their mouth shut about stuff like that. And uh, so if you say something and then do something else, like you're gonna have an ass whooping um, emotionally. You should put should put a bounty on your head too. Yeah. If you ever catch me drinking, I owe you a hundred and fifty dollars or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or something That's that would off, hurt, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the best comic in Kansas City? Not ba- <laughs> not Brandon Patrick. Um, Wrong answer. I was gonna say Brandon Patrick. <laughs> I know. You mentioned this little thing. I here. watched or I listened to that interview you did with Brandon Patrick mm-hmm. um, before. God, what a douchebag! I. It's <clears throat> a sociopath. He was so I yeah. Love him. He, I mean, he was so much of a dirtbag in that interview <laughs> that he brought you down <laughs> to his level. And it, yeah, I was like, it was like that between two friends show. <laughs> right. It was just between two chodes. It was uh, <clears throat> depravity at its <laughs> finest. Now, Brandon, I, I enjoy. And, uh, you know, if anyone happens to be listening to this, um, he deserves everything that I say bad about him. Um, he t- he drags my name through the mud constantly. He did it the other night. I saw him. I witnessed <clears throat> it. Yeah, I witnessed it. I, I I attest to that. Right. Slander. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's my friend, and I hope his you know I wish him the best. I hope his job at Family Videos going well. <laughs> um, he's not even the manager. Wherever he, wherever he lands after that. Um, That's funny. Uh can we show this thing here that you that you made? Yeah, yeah. Um, speak of the devil. Yeah, that was uh, my uh, my segue. This yeah. is incredible. This is incredible. It's my gift can you get Brian. Can you get this on the camera there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it looking good? Yeah. Uh, folks, mo- most people listen to this. Dang, he did a sketch. Pen- is that pencil? Uh, yeah, it's pencil. A pencil paper. sketch of Brandon Patrick, and it is absolutely stunning. I will be framing this. It's, man, wow. How long did that take you? Not long. Um, That's insane, dude. Yeah. Well, there's something about his his face, you know. Um, 
It's very Damn, it's surprisingly easy to capture. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. I wish, I, I don't know. I wish I could better capture his heinous personality. Um, what kind of stories you got about him? I don't have, you know, it's not like one of the, you know, like, dude, back in the frat, you know. Yeah, but I'm sure Me you and Brandon. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> How long have you known him? I've known Brandon for, um, I don't know, like a few months after I started comedy. Okay, wow, nice. Yeah, um, he used to frighten me, uh, you know, because he... He is, if you don't know Brandon, I don't, and you probably, it, maybe you watch the video or whatever, but he is a four foot five <laughs> uh, black man, and, uh, but with an alarming amount of confidence. <laughs> um, and uh, he used to really, really intimidate me. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I would, uh, I would see him at comedy shows, and I, I, Brandon, and I, I don't think I've ever told him this, but I uh, he used to book comedy shows at the Rhino, and it was an inferior show called uh, Cream of the Crop. And we, you know, my show came in and kind of put that to, uh, put it to rest Whoa. and to shame. Whoa. Um, Shots fired. <clears throat> well, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, I don't know. But he, whenever he was in the room and I would ever be doing a set, I'd be like, nervous because he used to you know scare me um he's kind of like a joe pesci type of character Ooh, you know that's a good way to put it yeah he's just he's short but loud he holds the mic you know like three feet away from his mouth but somehow still directs the sound <laughs> into it probably be i mean it probably looks like three feet but it's like half a foot because of his because he's only because he's only three apples tall yeah like a Smurf. He's very, very short. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. Come to think of it, he was a little bit shorter than me, and I'm not a particularly tall fella. Yeah. Um. He uh. <clears throat> he's a uh, he's very mouthy. Um. He always attacks. Uh. I don't know, he makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. <sighs> I'm I think sorry, he. I'm sorry, I brought it up. Yeah, I feel like I brought the whole room down. Man, <laughs> man. I mean, who? Yeah, who would be some of the better comic? Like, who are some comics to see? Like local? Like, who are you? Yeah, I should, probably shouldn't ask you that. Never right. mind. Scratch that from the record, everybody. <laughs> I'm not going to ask an unfair question. It's just going to start probably drama. Is there kind of? I'm sure. I'm sure there's all kinds of. I have no idea. I'm just assuming there's drama in the comedy circle <clears throat> locally. There. The the scene is very dramatic, except for me. Um, <laughs> I don't, uh, you know, I don't drag anyone's name <laughs> through the mud. Besides I, yeah. Brandon. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I just assume that I see it in the the local rap community. Mm -hmm. There's plenty of drama. Um, local, even with the local artists, not like musicians, but like just local art. Mm -hmm. There's like these little cliques and and drama and. I mean the pot, the local podcast scene. There's little bits of drama here and there. Yeah. It's like I, we should just all. Uh, we, I, I feel like people that are in a certain niche craft need to pull together and not be so sensitive and dramatic and you know help each other out. It is it's a, a small little bit market. weird how yeah <clears throat> how 
uh, you know, things like that. That's funny that you, so I don't know if I've alluded to this at all uh, when you're in the room, but my family, my dad is a falconer. Um, oh, yeah? So, yeah, so uh, Your he, dad's a falconer. Yeah. So he has falcons and makes them catch rabbits <clears throat> or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, that's, uh, that's, that's the gist of it. Um, he trains falcons and hawks uh, to hunt. Um, and uh, so I was, you know, I grew up around that kind of, that level of weirdness. Oh, it's but, interesting. Yeah. And, you know, what you were just talking about um, with the, the drama... Um, there's drama even within the world of falconry in the United States, which is, you know, may come as a shock to you, but that's a small circle. Um, and, uh, I, so I made this every once in a while, I'll think of something funny and like make a meme out of it, you know? Nice. Um, I love memes. And, uh, my brother is also a falconer. Runs in the family. uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, I didn't get the bug, but, um, so... My brother posted uh, this picture of him holding a, a hawk that he had just trapped out in the wild. You know, that you trap him. Oh. Y- yeah. Huh. I didn't well, know that was legal. Well, you have to have a have license. A license. You okay. have to have a license. You have to apprentice under a master falconer for a while. Okay. Wow. Um, this goes deep. It goes very deep, dude. And, yeah, I... <laughs> it's just such a strange thing, but I made this meme... Uh, of my brother holding this this you know falcon or, or hawk or whatever, and uh, <laughs> I I put like adopt don't shop um, on it. Okay. And I tagged my brother in it on Facebook uh, and Instagram. I didn't think anything of it, and I woke up this morning, and there the comments on this are just insane because that went to all of his like falconry you know, friends and enemies that he has on Facebook. Friends and, and enemies. Yeah. Falconry and enemies. Do you want to see, can I pull my phone out? Please like, do. And, and show you. Okay. So, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to pull up. I've been watching this like a, like a hawk <laughs> today. Uh, boom. Um, <clears throat> just because it's been so juicy. But I, yeah, I accidentally um, made quite a, uh, uh, an uproar in uh, what do you got mongolian heritage in you or something how do you become in the world of falconry dude you how many generations back in your uh i mean you don't look mongolian you look irish or something yeah i Scottish get that a lot something. i don't know canadian yeah i, I don't really white know. as fuck is what you look like how do you get into falconry <laughs> <laughs> um God, I'm having trouble pulling it up. Hang on. Generations and maybe generations my brother report. Just... Maybe I've been reported to the to the NAFA, <clears throat> North American Falconers Association. Of course, um, of course. That that's possible. NAFA.com. Yes. Okay. Uh, this is not good. Don't worry about it. Dude. We're not. We're not in it. any hurry. Yeah, I know, but I know where to go. We're just hanging out, drinking coffee, mm-hmm. talking about how many <laughs> generations back your uh, family goes with. It's just my dad and my brother. Well, how'd your dad uh, get into it? So, I, as I understand it, he read. There's this book that used to be like pretty popular, you know, young adult fiction. 
uh, called My Side of the Mountain. And oh, yeah. It, you know about that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So my dad read that as a kid, and he just... Gary Paulson, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, that's, that's about all I know about it. But Yeah, I remember that. Um, that's, that was his first exposure to um, the world of birds, and uh, he got into it that that route. But So anyway, I caused a problem in in you know the falconry community that doesn't seem like an offensive, offensive <clears throat> joke meme adopt don't shop with i mean people should get it well right? uh who knew Falconers these, these falconer understand. types uh are a little bit sensitive yeah um what would you call them are they <clears throat> do they tend to lean politically right or left oh my god um or nowhere are they i mean extreme they're an are interesting they? i tell you what man my my dad like, you know, I I would, early on in my childhood, I would go out, you know, doing bird stuff with him. And then I remember one time he took me to, like, a falconry summit um, in, I think it was, like, North Dakota or something. And I think the only, the only thing that, that binds them all together, the only, you know, characteristic that they all have uh, is that... Um, their families are embarrassed about them. Like, <laughs> that's, that's the only common ground. Um, all right, so I I did find the uh, the the comments that I excellent. All right, and I'm gonna I, you know I don't want to out this guy um, because okay. he clearly you know has a problem with with me in the first place. So I don't want him. This, to, is this I stranger? hope this isn't one of your listeners. Okay. Um. So this guy said, uh, <laughs> I was going to pass on commenting here, but I can't resist. I have always contended that falconers are the worst enemy, or I'm sorry, that falconers' worst enemy are falconers. The competition that people have inserted into the sport uh, has become asinine in recent years. Now, you folks... <laughs> uh, so now you folks have really gone over the edge. I am a better falconer than you because I fly a passage bird? What crap? First of all, the, all the 2,000-plus falconers in the U.S. flew passage birds, and the antis, which I think just means like people have a problem. Yeah, I... I don't. I can't imagine that that would be a significant group of people because no. most people don't know that it's a thing in the first place. But so the antis would have a meltdown, uh, and it would be, the, and it would end overnight. Captive breeding is what has kept the sport alive and kept PETA and the rest off our back. Second, your falconry is limited if you only fly passage birds. What's a passage bird? That means uh, one that you. Uh, got from the wild. Okay, so, a uh, wild bird. The, the not adopt, a adopt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the adopt version rather than going to a falcon dealer. Okay. Oh, there's falcon dealers. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. They're a weird bunch, too. I encountered <laughs> a few falcon breeders. They're interesting. Like, they're kind of like drug dealers. You know? <laughs> right? Most of them okay. sell drugs, too. <laughs> um, okay, That's so. That's funny. Captive breeding is what is kept the... Okay, uh, hang on. Your choice for long wings is a prairie, merlin, or a jur. 
those are all types of falcons. Okay. Uh, if you have the money to keep it alive for more than a year, or if you are lucky enough to draw a permit, maybe a peregrine. Uh, I think that falconers should be thankful for what they have and concentrate on being uh, personally better than they were yesterday. <laughs> Uh, they should forego. Uh, they should forego the self. Uh, aggrandizement, a grand, aggrandizement. Okay. Um, I'm trying to make this guy seem like an idiot, but plot twist: the idiot is me. I'm illiterate. All right. So they should. Uh, they should forego the self-aggrandizement. Uh, and the attitude of who is better than who. If you fly. Uh, your bird at game, that should be the only criteria a falconer should be judged by. I wish I could say that was the end of it. That guy is passionate about <clears throat> something. This is where it gets good. So um, uh, this uh, this person, uh, also a falconer, a lady falconer, which is a real unicorn. Um, it's a male-dominated field. You know, you know how <clears throat> you... Uh... Flirt with a female falconer. Oh boy, are we gonna have to write this down for your yes. your set on Wednesday? Yeah. Go on, Ryan. No, no, I can't do it. <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> hey, come on. No, no topic is off. Discussion. No topic yeah. is off limits. Yeah, whatever. I I honestly did forget it. It was gonna be something to do with. Hey, you're pretty. You got almost all your teeth. All right. So, um, damn. This lady said. Don Mc... Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. We're going to have to cut that. I almost outed him. I think you might be overthinking the meme. It seems to me that he's poking fun at adopt, don't shop as a mentality. Plus, everyone knows that the money it costs to travel and trap a bird is almost the same as purchasing one. So, no big difference. Hmm. I'm just going to skip to the end of this because this is my favorite part. Uh, basically, my my brother commented on it, saying um, that if you would have done a little digging, you would have seen that my brother who posted this is a comedian and not a falconer. Um, so st he said, "Stop with the recreational outrage." Which nice, what an articulate boy. Nice. All right, that's where to put it. <clears throat> so, the angry man from before says, "OMG!" All caps. OMG! I don't know you. And you damn sure don't know me. <laughs> How is anyone supposed to be able to interpret another's twisted version of comedy? I have been practicing falconry for 56 years, Whoa. long before most of you were a thought in your father's mind. My default setting on subjects pertaining to falconry does not lend itself to comedy. <laughs> with all the outside pressures on our sport <laughs> with all the outside pressures on our sport one cannot uh, not let even mock stupidity slide this is not outrage it is self-preservation before you put that stuff on Facebook think all caps think how it will go over with the aunties. There's that word again. Yep. With the aunties and how and people who take falconry as the breath of life itself. Wow. Wow. This guy is scared he's going to lose his sport of falconry. Yeah. Well, I don't. He's scared. Yeah. He, the aunties. <clears throat> the, I mean, I don't think there's enough. 
I mean, PETA's got more important shit to worry about than falconry, I would imagine. Yeah, it, I mean... I mean, it seems like that seems like a pretty damn ethical... Like, I, right. I, how much more ethical can you get than letting things that's going to happen anyways? I mean, you're just... Yeah. Falcons are going to grab rabbits or squirrels, right. whatever it is you're trying to train them to do and hunt with. Right. They're going to do that anyways. They're just... I don't know. Uh, the kind don't of get me wrong. I want to put it into falconry so that my dad will play catch with me again. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, as far as moral high ground, I don't think that any... I, I don't think that falconers have... They've existed in the shadows for centuries, man. And really? Or do they just think... Or is it just not popular? Nobody really cares. Nobody really cares, do they? Well, I think they prefer it that way, you know? Yeah. Like, they don't... They want to stay in the they're shadows. They're a secretive bunch. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a reason why probably they the they have the NAFA summit in North Dakota in the middle of winter or whatever. Really? Uh, I don't... I know that it was in a northern state and uh, that um, I didn't have a good time there. Um, but... Uh, that yeah. is a fascinating. I love finding little pockets of the world like that. That's a right. strange little pocket. The falconry, you know, I was involved. You know, frisbee golf. That's kind of a different. Mm-hmm. It's exploded recently, so it doesn't sound as different. But there was a time when that was kind of fringe. But damn, falconry! I never really knew it really existed. Right. I mean, I I'm aware. Like again, like in Asia, mm-hmm. I've seen some really cool videos of golden eagles. Like people who own golden eagles, and yeah, train them. train them, and these things are jacking like wolves and shit. Yeah, those uh, those are big, big they're, bitches. They're knocking off uh, sheep and stuff off mountains. Have you ever seen those videos? No. Oh, it's sweet. These you know giant golden eagles are giant, mm-hmm. and then you know there's like these mountain goats, and they're too big for the golden eagles to like pick up and fly away with right but they can they're strong enough to grab them real quick and like knock them off the mountain holy and then these goats fall down and die that way and then boom there's dinner that's funny Uh uh-huh it's pretty badass yeah that is pretty cool um i don't know that's that's uh that sounds a little bit more fun than you know what uh what? What's really? What are they really doing? What's like? What's the funnest thing a falconer is gonna do for a, a day trip of doing <clears throat> falconry? So, um, as I understand it, uh, you know, just and this is just from my experience. Um, if Dawn from Facebook, uh, you know, if you're listening to this, I I don't know what you do, and I certainly don't want to make an enemy here. <laughs> um. <clears throat> but so we would like and I I got out of this at an early age like I said um some of us were not so lucky my brother is you, still, you saw the trap and he was like I yes. guess it's funny I so my you know the the girl that I'm dating um <laughs> she came to Thanksgiving and stuff and uh, you know I had told her my family's a little bit quirky or whatever but I was like you know, I was talking to my brother with her right there, and he was like, what'd you do last night? You know, I was like, watch Netflix, and I was like, what'd you do last night? And he was like, oh, you know, bird stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, you know, Graham, I was afraid you were going to say something weird in front of her, but thank God. Um, but uh, 
So we, uh, part of, you know, part of being a falconer uh, entails that you have food for them to eat. And it's not, you know, kibble. Mm -hmm. Like they, um, they eat their meat eaters and they, you got to give them real meat. So we, um, we kept a pigeon coop uh, out on a nearby farm. Uh, and, uh, basically like, um, the pigeons served as training, like, I, you know, I don't mean to get graphic here or whatever, but the, the pigeons didn't always stay intact, you know, throughout (laughs) training. Um, (laughs) but so like, you know, my dad would go out to the pigeon coop and take me oftentimes, you know, I'd usually wait in the car. Um, but these pigeons wait, you know, wait around in the coop uh-huh. kind of just all day, kind of like those waiting for their turn. They're, they're kind of like those toys in Toy Story, those alien toys that just kind of wait to be chosen or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, my dad would, you know, we would use them to train birds. He would use the pigeons to catch new birds. We would literally go out driving and with pigeons and cup holders, you know. <laughs> and there's a method <laughs> to obtain new birds. Um, this is a method that that Don from Facebook uh, doesn't want you to know about because he wants, you know, he's trying to make a living. Uh, he's hustling, selling uh, falcons. Um, but if, if you are so inclined and you're licensed, you can, you know, get, uh, get new Falcons this way. So, um, they would essentially, my dad, uh, among other things was also very good at leather work. So, oh, cool. so he would make these leather vests that <laughs> were pigeon sized <laughs> and he would put, <laughs> put this vest on the, on the pigeon that had like fishing line uh, nooses, so the the hawk would get like trapped. Whoa! In it. He would also attach a weight to the pigeon so it couldn't fly away. Uh, and you know we'd go driving around uh, and we'd see a red-tailed hawk or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and uh, you know he, sometimes he would have me do it. You know if it's on the passenger side, I would toss the pigeon. You know you just kind of throw it like a grenade and. Uh, you know the hawk gets caught in it uh, in the nooses or whatever it gets its claws caught in there and then you know you have a new bird whoa yeah so that sounds awesome i'm gonna get into falconry now holy (sighs) shit it's not you sold me it's not as glamorous as it sounds and unless you have you know a space uh, for a pigeon coop um here Mm. which i mean i know you do have that you have an attached garage yeah right i do I'm not gonna listen. Live your life. I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you, but there's there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through to to get to this level. But, um, yeah, man, I I don't. There's there's a lot I could go into. I don't I'm know sure. what you're trying to. I'm curious. I just it, I know we're talking about comedy, but the falconry took me down a road of of. I'm very interested. That's an interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. I never thought about it. What, yeah okay I'm I'm satisfied enough with with uh, one more question okay you probably can't answer this but has anybody that you know ever tried to eat hawk ugh um uh 
Not I not that I can prove. <laughs> right. I didn't know if that was out in the circles like, hey, we had that we, we, we roasted this along with uh, Thanksgiving turkey and we just wanted to see what it was like. We stuffed it with stuffing and made it like a turkey and and here it is. Have you ever heard so, of a story like that? <clears throat> I I haven't, but listen, my dad, you know, I, I met all kinds of colorful characters. Uh, throughout my childhood due to falconry. And yeah, I, I remember, you know, Uncle Mike, not a real uncle, but like yeah. Uncle Mike, he used to drive down uh, and visit us. And this dude, like, I don't think I was with him when this happened, but my dad told me about it. Like, they like they hit a deer at some point, and um, Mike, without addressing it at all, just like gets out, and uh and my I think it was my dad that was with him it was just like what what are you doing and uh he's like well I mean like my kids got to eat <laughs> right yeah so he like you know he was like come help me with this and you know they put the deer in the and so a lot of them I think Mike was also a falcon dealer as well um and uh I think a lot of them live by that mindset of just like you know whether it's a deer or a pigeon, you know, nothing should be wasted. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a hard time believing and, you know, like with falconry, like whether they fly away or they die, you know, in the line of duty, like, (laughs) like I have a hard time believing, uh, that Mike has never tasted falcon or hawk. I would, I would expect that he knows what that tastes like. Yeah. I'd like to, I, 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 yeah, I'd be, I don't think it would be very good. It's a carnivore. It is a carnivore. Um, can imagine me being good. Yeah. And you got to think about what they eat, you know, cause like they can't have pheasant or, and <laughs> rabbit, which are, you know, fine dishes. Right. Um, they can't have that all the time. A lot of times they're eating pigeon and Mice. you know, if they're eating pigeon, you kind of are what you eat, and um, I've never eaten pigeon. A lot of p- pigeon was brought here to be food. It's called, was it? Yeah, it's called, uh, it was like squab. Is that what they call it? If you see that on a menu, that's a fancy way of saying pigeon. Yeah. But it's a big dish over in England, in Europe, I believe. It's called, it's called squaw or squab, but it's it's just that's just another, a fancy name for pigeon. And they were brought over to America for, for food. Really? Uh-huh. They're, yeah, they're invasive species. I'm sure that that's something that, like, if I would have paid m- more attention to uh, the things my dad told me growing up. He I probably, probably told you that. <laughs> I would probably know that. There is no, I, I've never, I've never met anyone who knew more about birds than, <laughs> than David Scarborough Sr. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. All right, back to the comedy train. Kansas City comedy train. Woo, woo. Okay. Um, yeah, where do you see yourself in the next kind of few years? Like, what is your kind of goals? Do you have like a four or five year goal for locally? Do you want to eventually get out of Kansas City? Do you have dreams of maybe trying? Yeah, you want to go to LA or New York? Um, you know, like, I I want to go somewhere, um, where like I, I would I would like to go to New York. Uh, first of course yeah. I just the way I see it right now like I'm still such a baby with all this that like I'm 
uh, I'm still, you know, I still have years of well, getting that, yeah, better to that's do. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, and I might as well, because like, at least <clears throat> here, like I, um, you know, I've gained more of a reputation. I have like more opportunities here. I have a job, uh, that allows me to pay my rent and stuff like that. Right. I, the way I see it as of right now is I might as well live where it's cheap and like where I can get stage time, uh, uh, while I'm getting better and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But of course, like someday, you know, I want to move to New York and, you know, pursue opportunities. Um, but as of right now, um, I'm here trying to be number one in KC. Uh, yeah. Um, right. I mean, that should be kind of be your goal. I don't, you know, I, of course, like I would I mean, love number to one, be known maybe like as the, just the, like the guy. Cause every town, every small market has like the guy mm-hmm. or whatever. And I, you know, I would like that. I, I got to, and this sounds like a humble brag. Uh, and it kind of is, but I got to hang out with one of my favorite comedians about a year ago. Ooh, um, who's that? Uh, Nate Bargatze. Oh yeah. Um, so I I got to hang out with him at the Mockingbird like a year ago, uh, and that was one of the things because I'm just I was probably so annoying, you know. <laughs> I, I was just like, you know, what do I do, man? He's like, and, why is it every single yeah. time with same conversation? He was super nice though, uh, and he was actually the last beer I ever drank was one that uh, Nate Bargatze bought for me. Um, wow, that's a good retirement beer. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, he um, he told me like like because he he kind of did the you know he moved to Chicago and, and did his time there, which is that's a that's usually an upwards move that a lot of people take is move to Chicago, okay. make it there, then go to New York and then go to L.A. That's like the rite of passage or whatever. Okay. Uh, but he basically said, as soon as you are the guy in whatever town you're at, time to step up. It's your time game. to just move. Like next level. As soon as you're the guy, don't hang out where it's comfortable. You've done it. Like next, yeah, move on. It's a small market. Go to a bigger market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what an athlete would do. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, he he was full of of little nuggets like that. Who that was I, uh? I think about who's kind of the Kansas City guy right now that's the you know that guy that we'd be talking about who would be who would be that guy right now oh, man um hmm. top I of mean, the, who's top of the game in Kansas City right now I mean like probably the most like bookable person that's like you know anywhere close to my level of just like people that I hang out with and perform with well, all like the who, time is who, yeah I mean like Ryan Tricky is probably has the most clout and respect okay. right now. Um yeah, I mean there's there's guys that have already, you know, like already done the Kansas City thing and moved to LA or whatever. Like mm-hmm. Chris Porter is a huge name. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Jeremiah um, Watkins? Yeah. Is Jeremiah is he from Kansas City? I believe he is. I think he's kind of the on the Kansas side. See, I didn't even know that, but I, I mean, I think he's hilarious. Yeah, uh, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, Mike Baldwin is also someone who's made a career of it. Um, but uh, yeah, right now, like Ryan Tricky. Uh, I think there's a couple other names, older. 
Where's Dean Del Rey from? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a couple people that have gone to like the comedy store and are like regulars there. Sure. I think. Yeah. Um, but then there's also people who are super, you know, funny that have been here for 20 years and never left in that, you know. They I just hope. like it here. I mean, I, Kansas City's yeah. dope. I love yeah. Kansas City. I, I could see why a comic would be top of the Kansas City game and want to hang out here. It's yeah. a great town. It's cheap to live in. Right. It's just a, the city's popping right now. It's getting better, or, you know, bigger, better. It's Yeah, it's growing. It's exploding. Yeah. This is the spot to be. For sure. Nick Nichols is also, like, if you're talking about the guy, like, Nick Nichols is great. Uh, um, and Merritt Lemons, she, you know, she's also super funny. Um, and she'll probably be gone soon, you know, move into somewhere. But <clears throat> those are, I guess, the three off of my top. The three, the, you guys, the top of my step head. your game up soon, you guys, and get the hell out of here and go make it bigger. Yeah. That's my advice. Yes, except for Ryan because he's my ride to most, uh, most yeah. gigs. I hope he, yeah. Maybe he'll, like, f- like something will come out about him that, causes him shame and disgrace in the community to keep him down <laughs> for a little while which is what would be convenient for me well let's uh I'll book him on the podcast and i'll try to get him canceled dude i i uh Give i can help pointers. with both parts of that the booking <laughs> and the you know the the canceling Can- it'll be a cancellation <clears throat> fee yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord write that down ryan i just Thanks. did okay it's on recording <laughs> yeah I'll remember this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's where I get all my best material. All your best. All of it. Huh? Since it's come out so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. So you wanted to pimp a little something you're on here. On here. So, yes. I thought What you got going on? Asked. Yeah, sorry. I just get carried away with falconry. Who gave you the best uh, dad mug? My kids, of course. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that was obvious. All right. Um, For Father's Day this year. So, yeah, uh, I produce a show called uh, Well, If It Isn't Comedy at the Rhino. Well, If It Isn't Comedy. What does that mean you produce it? So, I book the comics. Uh, I promote it. Um, I host the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just everything. It's like, it's my baby. Um, and so that takes place... Uh, like once or twice a month at the Rhino. It's not like a set day, but it's always on a weekend. Um, and you said that this this episode's going to air next week. Yep, next Monday. So the next the next one uh, of Well, if it isn't comedy, whenever this airs, uh, the next one is going to be December twenty seventh. And it's going to be kind of a homecoming show. My friend Jeff from Denver is going to be on that show. Cool. As well as uh, Nick Nichols, who oh, I mentioned okay. earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Merritt Lemons is also making an appearance. Um, so that one's going to be uh, super funny. And that one will likely, I, I would like to think that one's going to sell out. Um, How would you get tickets for that? Eventbrite. Um, 
it'll be on Eventbrite as soon as the, well right before when this airs the tickets will be available if we go like on an Instagram and click a link <sighs> yeah. or, or, or like event just go to eventbrite.com and then type just in just type what? in well if it isn't comedy well if it isn't mm-hmm. comedy oh and then it pops up I don't really it'll know it'll pop up how there Eventbrite works too much I have an Instagram um, that I you know uh, promote the well if it isn't comedy I think the handle is just well if it isn't comedy um, and then <clears throat> Uh, me on Instagram on bad underscore Aaron underscore Scarborough. So, yeah, yeah. I'll write that down. So like, yeah. So you go to Eventbrite and well, if it isn't comedy, and then how much are tickets? Is it always different prices to get tickets to one of your one of um, these things? Typically, like the advanced tickets uh, are fifteen dollars. Nice. That's not uh, bad. And then the the show will either be fifteen at the door or twenty at the door. But there's uh, a, a, an access code or a discount code um, for all advanced tickets. I keep this active for all the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's five dollars off on Eventbrite if you use the discount code early. Um, so that's Sweet. forever. Yeah, we're we're treating the people who listen to your podcast uh, till the end of time to a discount. Discount code early. Early. Five bucks off. That's like twenty five percent off or seventy five percent. I don't know. Like, what's math? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's uh, that's a lot of money a off. Everybody off. Yeah. Yeah. So hell yeah. Just keep a lookout for that. Um, Mm-hmm. How far out do you book those? Um, so uh, they're typically. Like how um, do you do that? It depends on the like who I'm booking. I I've had the the one following that, which is January fourth. Um, I've got a big headliner coming in for that, Libby Higgins, um, who is the excuse me, uh, chick. If you've ever, uh, she has a viral video that a lot of people uh love. Um, she plays a character named Darla, I believe, where yeah. it's just, it's so funny. It's this chick who, uh, is outside of a McDonald's and she's, she, I, just watch it. Okay. Excuse me. Um, Libby Higgins. So she's also a hilarious stand up comic, uh, and Tina Dyball as well. Um, they have a podcast together called the Slop City Podcast. Okay, cool. Um, which that out. is super cool as well. Uh, and they, yeah, they're co-headlining my show on January 4th. Are they um, local? Those tickets are already up. Those are up? Yeah. Um, so they both live in uh, in St. Louis, actually. Okay, how do you book your shows? You just, like, how do you know, like, what's... So it depends. Uh, you know, a lot of these people I've met, you know, when they're on the road. Uh, um, I know that, like... Uh, Tina and Libby, um, who are on January fourth, I I was recommended them by another St. Louis comic, Rafe Williams, um, and uh, so that's for that particular one. That's you know how that came about. But comedy is a very small world. Okay, yeah, you know? that makes sense. Like as far sure. as people who actually like work the road, um, you know, I'm lucky enough that with my affiliation with the Rhino and then. That's a sweet gig shows. you got. How did you get that? Um, I've you been, said you kind of inherited it. I did. Like the production manager used to run uh, the mic, uh, and he's a super cool guy named Ben Went. 
uh, he used to run the mic there and uh, also help with the production of, of uh, comedy shows. And uh, he just had his second kid. Uh, so he stepped away from the mic and donated it to me. So um, it's, yeah, it's been really cool to uh, to get to do that. That's good experience as a comic, too. There's something to be said about hosting a mic uh, rather than just showing up and you know, performing as well as running a show. It makes you kind of be able to think like, Oh, this is why bookers act the way they do, you know? Yeah. I don't know how they act, but I imagine. Yeah. I mean, granted there's saying bookers could mean anything could Mm -hmm. mean like a comic who like me, who produces Mm -hmm. a a one-off show, um, all the way up to someone who books a major comedy club. Um, but yeah, I, I think okay, differently yeah. now that yeah, you know, I have a stake in how the show actually goes. Because when you don't, all you care about is just like, well, no, I want to have the best set I possibly can. I want to do my thing, and mm-hmm. you're very like. Whereas if you're running a show, you're like, I want everyone to kill, uh, and I want people to talk about it and come back, and I don't want, I don't want uh, the audience to ever get turned off, you know. So it's fun to watch you work to yeah. do your thing. It's fun to kind of beforehand, you're just kind of making sure people are signing up and uh-huh. you're working your ass off and then you get the music going, you <clears> run <throat> up there and you do your, your time in front of the biggest part of the crowd. So that's right? dope too. Yeah, that is good. And it's, yeah, it's, and then you run back and then the whole time, man, you're putting in work. Like you have to, you're doing it every week, sitting through these people. Right. And I'm, you know, it's open mic. It's a lot of fun, but you see a lot of bad comedy, and I'm sure after however how long you've been doing it there. Um, I think I inherited that mic like I want to say like two or three months ago. Oh, so not long enough to. But I'm sure. No. I, just think about in a year of all these open mics, you're going to see a lot of the same premises done horribly. I mean, but I, it is fun. Yeah. But it is fun. Like, yeah, I had a blast watching bad comedy. Yeah, because there's some. I mean. Nobody's mean. I haven't experienced anything mean yet mm-hmm. from bad, you know, just like some people really bombing up there. This right. guy last week, it was, it was brutal, and you could mm-hmm. feel it in the room. The whole room. Do you remember who it was? He had like a green hat, green and black hat, and he, was, and he just he was all. I don't know. <sighs> they they all run together. All right, yeah, it's of course like, they do. I, yeah. It was so, um, and, and he kept going, and he kept going. I was like, this guy's got to end it himself, doesn't he? But I guess he thought he was doing good. They don't, though. Like, they'll get up there, and, like, some of them won't even say anything for fucking 15 seconds, you know? And they, like, they're sucking up time, and it's just, like, annoying. Like, energy. I hate it when people don't try, you know? <laughs> like, they, it's just, like, it's... Mm. Yeah, it was so it was so bad. And, you like, it, there was a legit energy in the room you could feel from this guy mm. bombing so bad. Yeah. And that's what I loved. I was my my friend that I was with. She was just kind of like, "Oh my, this is so bad. I can't do this. This is so mm-hmm. bad." And I'm just trying to not crack up from just burning out laughing and being right. the only one laughing. Just ah, <laughs> like is yeah. that that's got to would that have been poor manners on my part if I would have done that? Should I? What did I do the right thing by holding in my laugh? No, no, I think that because I'm laughing uh, for the wrong reason. Like this is so <sighs> bad, and everyone feels it. It's so bad. It's hilarious. I. I don't think it is, and I, I don't know. Like, 
the open mic scene and just like comedy in general is not very inviting um to like as a new performer uh and i think that's good like you know like because otherwise like what we're doing is not um it's not a wine and paint class or whatever good it's nice like you know there's people who show up to mics that are trying to like make a career out of it Mm -hmm. and stuff so like just the fact that i think like a little bit of bullying and like uh, not that it's right to bully or whatever, yeah. but a little bit of pressure and like ridicule and stuff like that. Like it can make you decide right off the bat, like, is this for me or is it not for me? Cause like no one, uh, <laughs> no one's going to, when you start doing comedy, most people are not going to be happy that you're doing it, you know? Oh good. Another person who isn't, you know, funny yet taking up space on the time yeah yeah like uh, no one's gonna be happy for that so you have to be just kind of a resilient tough you know mentally tough type of person to even because you're not really welcome (laughs) right you know i gotcha and i everyone goes through that stage everyone goes through sucking did you see him look right at me when he said (laughs) you're not really welcome well no you are but you know (laughs) i mean it's just like it, it just it makes you it, it makes you better uh, just going through that for years i still you know i still have uh times when i i'd say something that sucks and the audience doesn't laugh but my friends in the back of the room are just dying laughing because <laughs> i look like such an ass right right you know yeah, like yeah. that's just like it's so part of it like if you don't have that and it's just easy all the time right off the bat, then, you know, uh, it's <laughs> just go do improv, <laughs> you know, like go take an improv class. Go, go. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, Aaron. You guys, which some, I've done. You got some beef with improv. No, I like improv. I, I, <laughs> there's a difference, the, right? Well, yeah. I mean, improv comedy, like the whole spirit of improv comedy is different than, than up. Uh, and I've taken improv classes, and they're great, uh, and it's it's a great art form. Mm-hmm. Um, but, is that the city barrel barrel of the bottoms thing? Is that what they um, do? They do. I believe they still teach improv classes there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the their open mic is stand up, but it's improvised stand up. Okay. Um, uh, and I uh, yeah, I'm not. That sounds fun. I don't mean to. To shit on improv. Comics. Oh, I don't. I'm not taking it like that. I don't. I was just. Want, I know there is a difference, but the yeah. last thing I need is to have those people after me as well, as well as yeah. Don the Falconer. Um, <laughs> you don't want the improv. <laughs> yeah, I don't want. At you. I don't want hawks flying at me, and then people, you just don't want enemies. Yes, anding me or killing me with positivity and open mindedness. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the last thing I need right now. I like that you're admitting that you don't want it to really be a super welcoming community. Um, stand up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, which is funny because I felt kind of welcomed the first time I showed up. Like, I, I took a friend. It's my job as a host. It's my job to make it a, a you know, somewhat of a welcoming space and for everyone to have a good time. I get it, but. People get entitled too fast, you know, mm. they're, you know, and I was the same way, like, okay. like, 
I I remember when the comedy club, uh, like when they switched their mic to everyone gets three minutes. I was pissed. I was like, oh, you know, I've been doing this for for eight months now, or whatever. Like, I deserve five. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. No one deserves any of this. Mm-hmm. This is like you don't deserve that. And got to earn it. Yeah, you have to earn it. I get and that. most people don't need five minutes. Like, right. I don't need like I whenever they like I Five started a long time. <laughs> it is a long time and it creates bad habits. You've seen how people will go up on stage and they get five minutes and they'll spend three of it fucking around. Yeah. Like like no like you don't need that. Like uh, whenever you're reduced to three minutes or, or even less time you get the point like oh I have to just get to the point mm-hmm. like. I can't just ramble on. Uh, so yeah, yeah, five minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're in a room full of people that are looking at you, the strangers you're trying to make laugh, mm-hmm. all the pressure's on you. Just standing, it's quiet. Yeah. Five minutes is an eternity. Yeah, it's very long. Yeah, yeah. I there. <laughs> that's that's one thing where as soon like what. <laughs> whenever I started going to that mic that went from five to three, like I was mad about it at first, but now I'm like, that made me a lot better actually because I didn't have time to waste. Mm-hmm. And I figured out I'm funniest when I'm, you know, not a space cadet and I'm, right. you know, I know what I'm going to do. Like, yeah, I don't know. You got, do you have uh, a 20 or 30 or one hour long set? Like what do you, what do you got? <sighs> So, I mean, I've I've done 30 before. Mm-hmm. I I'm not going to sit here and tell you. And I like I I would it's it's such a complicated thing because I <clears throat> want the gigs like uh, like I want to do 30 minutes like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, you know, be cocky and be like, "Yeah, I got 30 45 minutes." Like <laughs> if you're thinking about booking me, then yes, I do. But yeah, right. really? Like Little crowd work, little fuckery going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 uh, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that I have 45 minutes of a material. Mm-hmm. Fuck no. Like, um, I can fill time. Right. And I've learned some things about doing crowd work and and stuff like that. Okay. Like I'm confident. Yeah, I yeah. can I can do it potentially. Mm-hmm. But am I a safe bet for 30 minutes? No. Okay. It's. It's probably hard to come up with a straight 30 minutes if it's a lot of five-minute open mic spots. Yeah, well, that's the problem because, like, do? people who do 30-minute sets and, and, you know, are at that level, they have a structured, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. They know how to segue into stuff. I just have random, you know, jokes, and I have, you know, a ton of them that, that in theory work, but not as a structured, you gotcha. know, 30 minute set. Like I can do pretty, I can, I'm confident I can do 15 minutes and knock it out of the park. Uh, sometimes, Yeah, you know, like, that's cool. I'd like to be able to do that. Right. Right. Uh, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's so hard cause you know, no one, I don't think people just like automatically on their first 30 minute, you know, feature spot or whatever. I don't think people, uh, necessarily, uh, know how to do it. You're like, you just do X amount of open mics and then you're there. Like, I think that 
you know, everyone gets starts getting booked on their 30-minute things, and you just figure it out, you know, uh, as you do that more and more. It's not, uh, I don't know. I I got to piss hope, like a racist. I do too, God. man. Ugh. You want to piss again and come back, or do you want to wrap yeah. it up? Let's, ugh. Whatever, I'm down for whatever, I'm going to pee now. Let's piss. Stop streaming, sir. We got to go. We got this coffee. Right, here we go. Here we go. Where do we leave off? Talking about something good. Oh, we're talking about your uh, your show. Right? Well, if we're, it isn't comedy. Well, if it isn't comedy mm-hmm. is what we were kind of. Oh yeah, so we talking about that. Ta, ta, ta. Where were we? Do you remember? Well, uh, I don't know. All I could think about there towards the end was peeing. Me too. Yeah, but I remember it was something good. Oh, people are gonna be yelling at us right now. I tell you what, we can bring up real quick. We were just talking about off mic. My opinion, which should be film of the year, Dolomite is my name. Yeah. On Netflix, Eddie Murphy. I, I still have yet to see that. Um, is it like so? Is it like a drama or is it a comedy or a mix of both? What is that? Yep, it's everything. Okay. It's it's Dolomite. Yeah. It's uh, it's I I literally laughed my ass off, and golly, I even cried a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't the last the last movie I shed a tear on mm-hmm. was uh the dog movie Marley and Me was that the name of <laughs> yeah. it the dog movie I I so bawled you, my eyes out you haven't <clears throat> cried since then not at a movie yeah yeah I've bawled my eyes out about some other <laughs> personal shit. you want to talk about it Ryan no I've 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 done enough talking about it I've yeah no yeah I've done a lot of talking <laughs> about my not on the podcast. But yeah. Okay. I've had some dark, some darkness. Well. Some cries, some tears have been happens shed. Happens to the best of us. Not me, but. Clearly. You know, I, I, I have some friends that are human beings with feelings and They're and weird. Stuff. Yeah. I don't get them very often, and that's why it struck me as weird that I, I was like, am I crying at Dolomite? It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. But it was, it's really like the story of how Dolomite got made, and it's just, it touched me. I don't know. Yeah. It's really good. It's so funny. It's 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 good, man. I'll, you know, I I have no reason to not watch that movie. <laughs> I like, uh, it's Eddie Murphy starring in it, right? Yeah. I, I'm glad to see he's doing stuff again. Yeah, I'd like to see him do comedy again. Stand-up comedy. I'm sure that's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite? Oh, Nate Morgazzi. Yeah, I love uh I love Nate Bargetsy. I like Mark Norman a lot. I've um, heard of him. I think he's got some Netflix specials. I've heard of him. Yeah. He's he's terrific as far as the new newer I mean, he's been doing stand up forever, but like, you know, uh he's really blown up recently. Uh <clears throat> and then I like uh as far as like old dudes, I I don't think anyone's funnier than uh uh, Norm Macdonald probably. Oh, but, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's so funny. So yeah, yeah. I love him. His cadence and yeah. I know where we were at. We were talking about trying to develop like a thirty minutes. Oh yeah, that's right. And how hard that must be. Um, it's very hard. Do you have like like how do you do that? If 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 all you can mainly do are five minute sections, do you do you try to map out a thirty minute section or do you perform a thirty minute uh, try to do 30 minutes of material <clears throat> in your house or something 
mm. on your own and then do five minute chunks <laughs> at a time or like, how does like, I don't I don't perform in the mirror I did that you know when I like when I first started but that that um the the cringiness of that outweighs you know the the potential benefits um <clears throat> but you know there are the cool thing about uh uh comedy at this level uh in in Kansas City is there are places where you know if as long as you've been doing it for a little while and you're somewhat you know likable and like know the <clears throat> right people like there are places where you can go and it might not be the best situation um but there are <laughs> you know there's stages where you can um work on shit and, and stuff like that and everyone you know it's a small enough scene that um as long as <coughs> you are those things like you appear to be trying and um you're a decent enough hang uh you're gonna run into opportunities that you don't deserve like you know yet I, like kansas city is like a, a small town Within a big city, it's oh, kind of yeah. got a lot of small town mentality, which is like the nice parts of it. Yeah, um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Absolutely, and some of like some of the opportunities that you get, like that. What I'm talking about with you don't deserve them or like you don't necessarily get them. Uh, I don't know a lot. It it is one of the like comedy is one of those things where, like, um, just if you are in. If you're a good hang and you befriend the right people, um, you're gonna get uh, opportunities that are above your skill set, and that's that's good because you're thrown into something where there's high pressure and you it's a good learning experience. Way to learn, right? Yeah, I, I um, <clears throat> my good friend uh, Aaron Naylor recently like took me to he got you know he's passed a feature at this club in Arkansas called the Grove. It's awesome. That's awesome. cool place how exciting is that yeah or like a little milestone to hit one of those that must be really cool for for a comic yeah and you know Aaron Naylor like of all the people that I know like uh in you know working out of Kansas City like he's on the road all the time he submits to festivals gets booked on festivals he is the definition of just like hustling hustle road dog yes he's yeah absolutely and um get it son yeah, like he gave me an opportunity. Uh, um, I I got to go down to the Grove with him, and they needed a, an MC, uh, I guess. And um, one of the stipulations of that particular club is like your MC, you know, like until they've been passed to do this again, like they have to be completely clean. So because I'm one of very few people who can do, you know, clean comedy. Uh, uh, around here, he, uh, you know, he, he reached out to me about it, and I got that opportunity, and I'm gonna exploit that. <laughs> you know, I I was on my best behavior all weekend. I, uh, it was big deal to me to get to work a club in Arkansas. I and bet. So I'm gonna milk that for all it's worth. Like that's an experience. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool. So I've, uh, you know, I I did my best. Uh, I, like I said, I was on my best behavior to, um, you know, not uh, not ruin the show mm -hmm. uh, and make people have a good time and also just be courteous to the club owner. And I'm going to use that 
to get more opportunities there and I got to meet the headliner and hang out with you know someone who's somewhat famous and you know so now I have a little bit of a I don't know. It's just, it's these step ladders and you got to, when you get opportunities like that, like you cannot fuck it up. Uh, in, in my mind, I, I, I have to exploit everything that I have to get, you know, farther along. You got to get out there. Yeah. I don't just, when I get an opportunity like that, I, I don't see it as like a, a way to have a good time on the weekend. It's like, no, this is, this is important. This is my future. Yeah. <clears throat> this is really cool. Like one of the things I love about doing this podcast is I, I'm obsessed with documentaries. Uh-huh. I love watching the stories right from the beginning to the middle to the end. I love watching that kind of stuff. And this it's like I get to, I get people like you in here that I get to see that have that are embarking on these journeys mm-hmm. and they're at a certain stage mm-hmm. and it's just fun. It's like this is I don't get the oppor- you know, it's nice to get the opportunity to get into your your little journey right it's fun it's really cool to see like i I love what you're doing man like i'm i'm kind of jealous of i wish i would have done something like that when i was 28 said i mean i hope people don't take this wrong way i love my kids and i love being a dad it's one of my favorite things it's i love it i mean but had i done it different there would have been a way to do it different and do things different you know you take different roads and you know, I uh, I won't die alone. Yeah. Like a couple kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well, it goes back to what you're saying about, you know, um, that, <coughs> that nugget of wisdom you were telling me about, mm-hmm. you know, keeping relationships in their place or whatever. Right. Um, it's like, you know, me being passionate about something and wanting to spend 99% of my time devoted to that doesn't mean I like you less. Like, right. you know. It's not, it's, it's different. Like uh, you can, you can love your kids and, and, uh, your life now. That doesn't mean that. <laughs> oh no, I love, that, I love, it's, yeah, it's that, one of the, I, I look at, I try to look at things at the most positive level I can. Mm-hmm. And so being divorced, whatever I look at it, you know, I don't get my kids all the time, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But when I don't have them, I make the best of it. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> So I, you know, it's it's, it is what it is. So I just make the best of it, and it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's like just do whatever I want when I want. Yeah, and you're, I mean, you're. Uh, there's something to be said about, uh, <clears throat> you know, being a a dad. You know, it's someone in your situation, and you're not um, spending all your time just drinking beer and watching football. Or whatever. I'm right. sure there's a pla- you know, a time and place for that, but you know, you're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I try to think about, um, I because I, I have a real tendency, like you know, how, like I have addiction issues, and uh, I just, I always try to think about like the the next day, like 24 hours from now, am I going to be glad that? I watched Arrested Development for the fourteenth time, or that's a good show. You though. know, it is a great show. <laughs> I probably would bad example because uh, that's yeah, that's the best show ever. But yeah, like ultimately, this time tomorrow, did I spend my time wisely? Yeah, yeah, because that that can get scary real quick. Just uh, lost time, <laughs> right? 
Well, hopefully tomorrow you wake up and say, yeah, yesterday I spent my time well. I won't. Damn. Um, Damn. No. I, Damn, I think, yeah. I'm glad I'm here. I, yeah, this is, this is better than what I would be doing. Good. Me too. Yeah. I'd just be upstairs drinking, watching football. Right. <laughs> it's getting cold out there. What else am I going to do? Yeah. You don't want to know what I'd be doing. <laughs> so you are primarily a clean comic? No. Okay. Not but necessarily. You can, but you can be um, super clean and uh Yeah, I've I've kind of yeah, <clears throat> I Is that needed around here for the most part? Or like what's kind of Dude, there... you I mean if you can't uh, like the ability to do that stuff and obviously I this isn't my original thought. I've I've picked up on this from listening to other people talk about it, but if you can do clean, it makes you more bookable. way way more bookable, and you know. I also think that I think that you know, in order to become f- like truly, <laughs> I'm gonna sound very fucking Yoda y right now, but uh, and it's very unwarranted. You study comedy, so I but I'll accept it. I mean, I'm I just. You know, the tendency uh, when you, like, start is to be as shocking as possible. And it gets confusing. Like, you know, a lot of new open micers, myself included, don't understand that there's a difference between being shocking and being funny. Right. Or, or you know, being crude and being funny. Mm-hmm. Like, so when you take the shock factor out of it and just make yourself just try to be funny without that right um you know it's just a more uh i i guess it's just a more pure way to like get funny um because you don't have those crutches um and i i think about that when i'm that's a good writing exercise like even when i have a bit that that might have some profanity or something off color in it like it's a good writing exercise to make that a clean bit. Just see if see if there's still something there. Yeah. You know? So. <clears throat> yeah. Is there or do you have kind of? Is there like a little comic community that's healthy? Like where you guys kind of help each other out with like material like hey like I, here's a couple of jokes i've been working on can you help me punch it up for a little bit or 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 at least or t- say hey i'm having trouble with this joke can you do you guys is there anything you, does that stuff go on like yeah i mean mm. it absolutely does but you have to figure out that's an awkward thing to um f- like figure out early on because you know you so it's very easy to meet up with someone under the guise of writing uh, um, but nothing really gets done, you mm-hmm. know, because it's not, I don't know, it's not an art critique, uh, but if you develop a friendship, uh, or several friendships with comics who you, you know, you respect their writing and you know that they're going to be honest with you and not, um, just placate you, like, that yeah i i rely heavily on that with like uh, there are a few comics that like if i am on the fence about something or if we're on the way to something like 
I'll just be like, hey, you know, what do you think about this and stuff like that? Because we all form, like, I, there are, everyone that I know, like, I've seen their material so many times, uh, uh, their old material so many times, and there's there's tags, like, in their bits where I'm just like, oh, why, why is that necessary, you okay. know, but... But unless you have that type of uh, friendship with someone, that's very uncomfortable to tell them because, you know, like, number one, it's like, if I say something, am I going to come off like I think I'm better? Yeah, you don't know how uh, it's going to come off. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, we always have to keep ourselves in check um, because even, like, it ain't about <laughs> what I think is funny at the end of the day. Right. Like, it's about how you're perceived and it's so easy to slip into just like, fuck it. I'm going to say whatever I want. I think, I think it's hilarious or whatever. Um, but you're really kind of shooting yourself in the foot. If you're not paying attention to like how people are going to perceive it, you know? Right. Like it's so easy to turn people off. Uh, and, and just, it just any, the way you say something or just a slight change of phrase, like it's so, like some comics, like they go up and like immediately shit on the room or whatever, and that, like, yeah, like you've seen famous comics do that, like start their set, but they know what they're doing. You know, like I don't know. I used to like I I in recent history have started a set at a comedy club by kind of shitting on how old the crowd is. <laughs> and it's just, why, you know, like, why am I doing that? Like, why? yeah, it, it, ru <clears throat> you know. Why start off on the wrong foot? Yeah. Why, why have them against you it's instead of with you? It's a huge hole to get yourself into. Like, I don't know why we're that way, but like, like, <laughs> these people don't know you. Like, mm -hmm. all you are to them is just being rude for them showing up and paying money you know supporting comedy mm -hmm. like it's just like i don't know little I, realizations that you make yeah little growing pains you don't punish people for trying to support you <laughs> you know you're not mark maron unless you are mark maron huh. i don't really i know he's got a really big podcast i've never really listened to it yeah but i know i know who he is <clears throat> you guys <clears throat> you should uh you should listen to him. Okay. You know what? I will. Got any episodes that you want to direct me to? You got any any favorites that I should? Um. Oh boy. Now I'm. Um, I mean, listen to the Barack Obama episode. I was gonna that say. Was, I know he, he was Barack, famous for. Yeah. But like, I I think that's one. I I don't think that's gonna be a legit one. I yeah. Think, I think he got. You know, I want to see a a regular one. Right. Um. I believe he had. Like Keith Richards was a great oh, episode. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, he's a he's a great interview interviewer. Like he he's very good at pushing people, and he's okay. he's very aggressive with how he interviews. But um, ooh, I'm gonna check him out. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. No, he you guys would get along great. Like you know, he podcasts and he's divorced uh, several times. So it's just gonna be one and done for me. Mm. Yeah, I learned my lesson. Yeah, it's not for me. I went into uh, uh, ar the army. I went into basic training. Mm -hmm. I got just about done with it, and they pulled me aside and said, uh, "Private, you don't have any <clears throat> military bearing. Yeah, we would like you to uh, 
go through basic training again. <laughs> I said, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't have any military bearing. Why don't we, uh, let's just pretend this never happened. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they said, uh, okay then. That's what I did. I basically did basic training and uh, we shook hands and said, eh. Yeah. You tried. It's, uh, yeah, it's not going to work out, guys. This is yeah. not going to. And I had a six-year sign-up at 18 for six years. I'm glad. I'm so glad I got out of that. You're not supposed to have fun in basic training is yeah. what I learned. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. And you're supposed to take it serious. Right. Yeah. Well, thank, we you are. F- thank you for your service. Is that <laughs> what you wanted? <laughs> Is that... <laughs> I never looked at it like yeah. that, but yes, you're no, you're I, welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna start touting that. Look, I did. I I tried. I tried to provide service, and right. I realized my services. You don't want me. I mm-hmm. would only do harm, right, to the military. So I'm doing service <coughs> by getting out now yeah. instead of doing harm. Well, I, a lot of people don't want to use the word hero. Yeah. Well. You know, they don't want to, but I'm basically telling them I am a hero. Well, I uh, don't think we don't appreciate it. Yeah, I I wouldn't have even, without your anecdote, I wouldn't have even known that I owed you a thank you today. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, you might think this is crazy, but I thought you'd be the one thanking me at the end of today. You're welcome. I'm going to get like one of those big medals that Tom Cruise has from Scientology. Yeah. And just, you know, it's not the Medal of Honor right. per se, but right. it's, it's, I don't know if Trump wants to pin it on me. I'll let him. Right. Yeah. Well, Both my parents are veterans. Do you know that? No, I did not yeah. know that. My, uh, my dad is a, is, is a veteran as well. They did, they did three, three tours on the war on Christmas. Uh, <laughs> How'd yeah, that go they've for They've served them? us proudly. Yeah. Hmm? Didn't go very well. Well, yeah. I mean, we've lost. Starbucks is still not complying. Um, <laughs> Close. <laughs> uh, no, my, my parents didn't serve um, uh, in any real wars. Or or if they did no military service at all. But um, well, That's all right. Yeah. That's they, all right. <clears throat> you know. Um, they, uh, they're both, uh, my dad's a, uh, dentist actually. Um, but, uh, you know, he just does that to support his true hobby. Falconry. You know, fashion falconry, yeah. A falconry, <coughs> a falcon, den- a dentist falcon, mm-hmm. falconer. Well, and I, you know, I'm kind of similar because I do comedy to support my real passion of telemarketing. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Aaron, this was badass. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, no problem. You must want me to leave. No, um, I don't at all. What um, we can keep fine. going. You don't even have to say it, man. Let's keep going. I, uh, what do you got for me? Oh, I got, I got nothing. I, I was actually <laughs> kind of thinking I'd, I'd mosey on out of here, yeah. pretty quick. But let's um, kick his ass out yeah. of here. Yeah, we can see you every Wednesday. At yeah. the Rhino. Yes. Stands yeah. for River North. It does. I like it. I'm going to be seen there. And uh, you as well. Yes. I'm going to. St- 
I, I hope I'm ex- I'm, I'm not going to be accepted, as you're saying. They're going to be hard Dude, on me, Dude, if that's, that's all you took from this, <clears throat> I want you there. Oh, I'm showing up whether they want me there or not. I want you there. No, nah, they can't run me out. I've got too much of a nothing else to do, really. You need to become the divorce guy. That's, I'm going to be the divorce guy. Everyone needs a gimmick. Is there not a divorce guy up there? I mean, I'm sure that. Like everyone that you see there has either been through a divorce or is about to, but but there's not a divorce guy. Uh, there's not. There's no one so far with that gimmick. That's there. It is that I'm aware of. I'm doing it. I can't wait. Well, I um yeah I I can't wait to see you develop. What do I? How many minutes of divorce material should I should do? Should I start working on my thirty minutes now, and have it ready in like two years? I'm ready for a 30-minute divorced set. Um, I think what you're talking about is a TED Talk. Um, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Those can be funny. Right, right. They can have yeah. funny moments. No TED Talk, huh? You see, you know, I know I was being mean earlier. You were? Yeah. When? Well, I mean, like, I keep bringing up your divorce. You're clearly over it. Um, but... Uh, I'll talk about it all day. For what it's worth, Ryan, you seem very divorceable. I've got half a mind to to marry you just so I can divorce you. I'm a hard guy to live with. Really? Probably. Oh, my God. Yeah, shocking, right? Well, um, and I don't mean to pry, but was was the... Did you start a podcast because you got a divorce, or did your podcast cause the divorce? Oh no! I started it after my divorce. Okay. Yeah, I could. I couldn't do this while that I. That would have been punk rock, dude. Like if you, yeah. if you like, you could have made the marriage work, but, but <clears throat> your love of podcasting got in the way. It didn't help. Yeah. I started it pretty quickly after, like before. I started it before the actual paper was signed. Right. I mean, we were separated, and right. we were. It was obviously we were gonna have. It was going to happen. And just so during that time is kind of when I started it, and yeah, it definitely uh, it helped me get. Yeah, it's definitely helping me. It helped me through it, and I didn't say it kept me from going back to it, but it was motivating. Yeah, something to do, something to focus on. You do go through a dark time during divorce. Well, I did. Right. Like, you know, especially with kids. Oh, yeah. Shit just comes up like, oh, shit, am I a failure now? Like, yeah. am, I'm just a statistic. Clearly, I am, you know? <clears throat> and so you start, you just have a, there's a dark Dude, time. Dude, all there's a I moment. wanted to do was make, like, I, that's the only thing I knew about you to make fun of for. And now, like, you're about to make me cry because I feel bad. You do? Uh, Don't feel bad. It, well. Don't feel bad at all. <clears throat> I, lo- I love being divorced. Uh, I should have done more research uh, to find something to make fun of you for that would make me. There's so plenty unlikable. out there. There's plenty out there. I know. And I'm an idiot. I mean, I'm really dumb. You can make fun of me for that easily. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you were dumb, why would you be driving a Mitsubishi? A 2005 busted up. 230,000 mile no paint job yeah. Mitsubishi yes that's what the divorce brings you right but certain freedoms come with having that vehicle right 
You know, let me tell you something. Wherever I go, I leave it unlocked. Really? Yeah. Open it up. What are you going to, there's nothing in there. Yeah. And, and you're not going to break my window. Right. You're just going to open it up, find what some up down co- coins from up down. Yeah. I thought you said you were dumb. <laughs> well, I've learned these lessons from being dumb. <laughs> I used to lock my shitty vehicles and right. they'd get broken into. Right, right. And now I just so so that yeah. but you couldn't do that with like a nice a nice car, two thousand sixteen yeah. whatever. Right. Well, at least you at least you live on the east side side of town where it's safe. Right? <laughs> it's safe enough <laughs> here. I know. And the funny thing is, I know my car has been rummaged throughout there. Right, right. You know, you'll come out and uh, the the dome light is still <clears> on, or the doors cracked a little bit, and you're like, gosh darn it, it right. still sucks. Right. It's like you assholes didn't get anything. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for at least opening it and checking and not right. breaking something. <laughs> you know, it's just, and it, yeah, I don't have to worry if something. I don't have to worry about keeping it, keeping up with the Joneses with it. I don't have to worry about washing it. I don't yeah. have to take it to the car wash. Mm-hmm. What's the point? You know, you're making a lot of sense. The, and this is all coming from a guy who doesn't have a car. So, Right. Um, the scariest thing is filling up the gas tank and it dying after yeah. I just filled it up and spent 40 bucks. Yeah. Dude, you, you really kind of bummed me out there. Yeah. Mm. This should be. This should not be bumming you out. I'm. I'm finding a way to do it. This yeah. is how. This is divorced lifestyle, sir. Dude, I. I just. I, whenever I searched your Facebook thing, that was the. F- that's the only thing I know about you, and so I, I keep bringing it up. But I, I'm sorry. Well, don't be sorry. <laughs> well, you know that is the funny thing. I. Uh, so I just took my favorite thing. One of my favorite things to do is take my daughter. She's three uh-huh. downtown uh, every other Friday morning after right. I drop my kid off from school. My other my son from school, I'll take her right. downtown. We were down there a few weeks ago. Beautiful, beautiful, sunny day. And we were just walking around and some guy comes up to us and gives us a little pamphlet. Hey, how's it going there? Beautiful daughter. I go, oh, thanks. Uh, he goes, oh, we're Scientologists. Oh, no. That explains it. I was like, oh, how's it going? Interesting. He's like, yeah. You're, and he's like, so you come down here. You're from around here? He's like, yeah, I come down here all the time. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting that to have the Scientologists come up to us. I was like, they were banging. And then we got on the train, on the, on the streetcar, uh-huh. and went to the other side of the streetcar, and another one popped out. They were all over the place handing out and talking to us. And it was uh, everywhere. It was it was interesting to see them out there hustling like that. Like people, people are still doing Scientology, and it's growing in Kansas City, apparently. Yeah, Um, yeah. I I don't know that I've ever encountered a Scientologist, uh, you know, in my my personal life. I have encountered flat Earth people. I've had one on my podcast. Really? He used I used to have a he used to produce my podcast. Really? <clears throat> yeah, they're they're interesting folks. Why are you talking about yourself in the third person? <laughs> <right>? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I believe the Earth is round. Uh, oh, you know, my point with that, the Scientologist was, is I told he's like he was like you know asked me about my daughter and I. I was like, oh yeah, I'm divorced. He goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, Why? Like, what are you sorry for? I love it. It's great. There's nothing yeah. to be sorry for. It didn't yeah. work out. Whatever. It's not the end of the world, and right. you make the best of it. Like, yeah. Yeah, don't be sorry that I'm divorced, man. Oh, I yeah. We'll come up with something. I'm mainly what, concerned. What we, yeah. 
I, I, I'm concerned with, cause I think about, and I also, I forgot to take my, my medication this morning. So I might be a little extra paranoid. Um, but I, I worry all the time about my, you know, uh, my, like how people will perceive me and, uh, you know, I'm concerned first of all, that someone will listen to this and, uh, someone uh, will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I don't want it to to get out that um, I'm a bad person or, or that I'm mean or something like that. But you're bad, I, Aaron. I do have, yeah, I am bad underscore Aaron. Um, <laughs> I, I do, like, so, you know, you have stuff that comics say on stage, and that's, like, you know, might be a little ornery, but that's mainly our best behavior. And then, like, the stuff that, like, I have friends that, like, we say just the like the most heinous things when it's just me and them right and <clears throat> i don't know I, I my buddy the other day i said something that was just disturbing and gross and he he was like have you considered letting people know who you really are <laughs> on stage you know um so i don't i don't know i don't uh it's a scary thing yeah that would be for me. Yeah. Nobody needs to do that, though. Right, no. Don't let them know the deepest parts. That's for nobody but, yeah. you know, your couple of deep friends that you can fight in. Yeah. Yeah. It's between me and Satan. <laughs> hey, there you go. Mm -hmm. If he existed. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry about that. Whoops. Uh checking his watch he's ready to go i do I, yeah I, let's get the hell out of here to, yeah 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 let's do. get the hell out of here pimp right. uh pimp your last stuff here whatever you want this is your last uh hoorah say anything you'd like here um i uh <clears throat> if there's anything uh that you take from this i just want people to know that brandon patrick is the worst person i've ever met in my life <laughs> and i gave him the benefit of the doubt for long enough um he, uh, <laughs> I am amazed that he can fit so much evil in a four foot five, but 250 pound frame. There it is, everybody. Bad underscore Aaron underscore Scarborough. I'm Neander Talk Pod. Can I get a fist bump? Yes. Thank you, sir. Appreciate yeah. it. We're out of here. Bye. All right.